Welcome back, everybody, to episode... Damn it. Um, <laughs> I honestly have no idea what episode this is. I just sat down to record this intro and later outro in between my 15-month-old daughter just going bonkers. We're in a rough time right now, but it's okay. She's growing. She's learning. And I forgot to check what episode this is. I think it's 14. I believe it's 14. If it's not, I'm going to look like an idiot. But let's just say episode 14 of the Back Lounge podcast. My name's Tank. I'm your host, and I'm a roadie with over 15 years of experience in the touring music industry. And if you're new here, ignore me sounding like an idiot just there. But also just know that what we do here is invite bands and artists and other roadies, and at this point, anybody else, and we just have conversations about whatever we want to. None of these are really written out or scripted or anything. I kind of just come into these episodes already with whatever I have in my head, knowing what I know about our guest, and we just talk and go from there. And in today's episode, a very special guest returning to my channel, but first time on the podcast, guitarist and fellow YouTuber, Nick Nocturnal, man. And I was super excited about this because... While I don't know Nick, like, really well, I wouldn't say we're, like, super close friends or anything, we talk pretty often offline, and he's an awesome dude, and we just kind of click, man. I mean, we're both super into music and production and gear and stuff, so we have really good conversations, so I figured why not have him back and get him on a full podcast episode, and... To be honest, man, nothing against any of my other guests because I've loved everybody I've had here, but this was probably one of my favorite ones I've had just purely for the laughs and the conversation, man. I mean, we just, you'll hear, we were just laughing pretty much about everything we were talking about the whole time, but there's a lot of good information in there. And while we did spend some time talking about content and what we do on YouTube and Twitch, I really tried to focus this on his music. And we spent a lot of time talking about Nick Knock, his new trap metal project that he started and how it came about and what he's doing. We talked about his recent trip to New York when he was hosting event for Coheed and Cambria's latest album release. And then we spent some time talking about the new Termina album. Now, if nobody's familiar with Termina, that is the project of Nick and Andy Sizek, who is most known from Monuments, two-man project. They released an album in 2021, and they're going to release an album soon. Now, when that is, I have no idea. I tried to ask Nick when they were planning on releasing it, and he's like, I don't know, bro. We still got to finish it first, so be on the lookout for that. But they are releasing a brand new single, the first from this new album, on July 8th, which is actually the day after this podcast comes out. So be on the lookout for that. I will say I've already seen it. I will have a reaction to it. It is fucking awesome. And maybe I'm a little biased because I like Nick, but I mean, dude, it was, it was incredible. And they have, I mean, the guests, well, I don't know if guests is the right way to put it, but the people that they had involved on the production on this one are awesome because with their first album, it was just Nick and Andy and they did all the mixing and mastering and stuff. For this album, they got Chris Turner of Ocean's 8 Alaska to play the drums on it. On the whole album, man. And they also had Zach Servini, who is a monster producer in the music industry. He's mixing and mastering it. And if you're not familiar with Zach's work, I mean, he is like the metalcore producer. I mean, in the last couple of years alone, he's worked with like Architects, Bring Me the Horizon, 
motionless and white. I mean, he's even done like Limp Biscuit and shit, man. The guy's really good at his job and it really shows on this project. So be on the lookout for the new Termina single. It's called Translucent. It is fantastic. Check out Nick's trap metal stuff. He's got a couple singles out and make sure you keep your eyes open for whenever they do finish the Termina album and decide to release it. But let's just jump into this one, man. I'm super happy to bring this one to you. It was a blast. So welcome back to the channel. First time on the podcast, Nick Nocturnal. All right. Well, here we are back again. I feel like we did this like kind of recently, but it's been, I, I think, like six months. But Nick Nocturnal, yeah. welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, man. I'm, yeah. I'm glad to be back. Talk all about the, the YouTubes and the weird and the metals and the rah-rahs, you know, yeah, all of it. Fuck yeah, dude. It's funny. <laughs> I almost wore that same hoodie today, but... I think it's in the laundry. I've worn I've worn your hoodie so much now that the, the, the logo on it is like peeling oh, is peeling off. Like I have to get another one. Thank you, man. I thought only uh, posers wore this hoodie, so I appreciate oh, dude, you. It's, it's comfortable. It is right. That's why I yeah. wear it because it's fucking comfy. <laughs> so I do. I I started doing merchandise somewhat recently, mm -hmm. and I do the same thing you do, like the Teespring stuff and stuff like that. Yeah. And when I ordered a sample of my hoodie, I was like damn i was like this is comfortable like i feel yeah. weird like wearing this in public because it has my name on it but like it's yeah. comfortable yeah well teespring used to be shittier <laughs> and, <then it's> like, <laughs> and um then actually we i get my girlfriend kind of runs all the merch stuff and she, yeah. she just organizes it also she she did shopify for a bit and it was great and you got like that like slight bit better more customization and stuff but then it's like stuff like oh this is randomly out of order and all your orders are messed up you, all this all your orders yeah. are messed up and you're just like what and it doesn't like auto fix itself so oh. it's like you don't even know something's out of stock and people are ordering it and it just it was such a nightmare yeah. that it was just like okay let's let's you know the quality is the same um like uh shirts and like hoodies like in terms of like the yeah. builds and the comfortability but it's like let's just take away some of the customizability for like the storefront and like actually just make this not painful yeah. anymore so i actually i actually really like how teespring does things because it's like the print on demand thing it's like yes when somebody orders it they make it and that's great for somebody like us that like we don't have to worry about anything yes. it's a little more expensive <laughs> on the cost end it's like I think pr people probably think like we make a lot of money on merch and we really don't like if somebody buys a hoodie, I make like eight bucks, something <laughs> like that. but I, I yeah. love how they do things. And it's, you know, they ship, you know, they, I think they ship out of, um, the Netherlands and the U S so it's like yeah. the people in Europe don't have to spend all the money on the, exactly. the crazy shipping. Shipping is bonkers, dude. Oh like, my God. Yeah, man. So electric cowboy just came out with, um, patches for jackets right. like and I, I wanted to get a couple to put on my my jacket and uh the shipping was four times more than the actual patches <laughs> i ordered <laughs> it was Dude, like wild how yeah. much shipping is especially you know with the whole like world exploding and stuff it's just oh, like yeah. i it, it's it's like is it even worth to buy some things and it's sad because some things are so cool but they're from across the world and you got to ship in it Dude, costs so much money so you know i i collect so many vinyls um just because to me vinyl i i don't fucking listen to them i don't like when people are like what kind of what kind of record player you do have it's like i don't listen to vinyl come on like <laughs> it looks pretty that's yeah, why you it's, look it, at it. it's art to me yes like i like it i i, I like the, there's so many cool designs that have come out and lately a lot of bands have really been focusing on cool artwork like alex from malevolence said he's like yeah. it's it's not an afterthought for us like we really want to put out something that looks cool to people yes. so it's like you know i got their album and then like the new creator that i just got i was like nice. i opened it i was like oh this is sick like but um 
shipping on those, man, there was, there was a limited edition from somebody I wanted to buy recently, but it was from a European store mm-hmm. and the shipping on it was like 70 euros. And I was like, Oh my God. I, I was like, I, I, can't, I can't do it, dude. You can go to Europe at that point. Just to <laughs> pick it up, man. Like, take a little yeah. boat trip yeah, there. Yeah, like, like, I just, I can't justify that. So I got, like, the standard edition from the U.S., but it's like, whatever. But at, at some point, it's like, dude, I can't, I can't do it. Like, yeah. And also, I mean, yeah, vinyls in general, I know. Like, I, I literally, even talking with labels, I'm sure you talk with a few, too, that are like, yeah, we're not releasing stuff until vinyl is ready. Like, literally, mm-hmm. they've had albums on hold for, like, a whole year because of vinyl. And I'm, you're just like, oh, wow. Like, they're pretty hardcore on this stuff. I man. think that's why Arch Enemy's record got pushed back a couple Might weeks. Might have been. I, I would assume that's it. Yeah. Like, I don't know, because I didn't even know. I did a reaction recently, and I was like, yeah, their album comes out, you know, July 29th or something. And somebody's like, no, it got pushed to August. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Oh, dude, August, rip. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, like, fall, fam, I'm telling you, man, fall is hell. Dude, it's, it's just every band is going to cannibalize them each other. Like, it, there is no winning. I mean, for us, it's like we can just pick whatever we want. We yeah, can be yeah. like, oh, feast for us. Let's pick this one, you know, this high quality one. Oh, this day will be this one because it's just going to be all the releases at the exact same yeah. in the exact two months. And that's it. Everything. So like, when I when I film reactions, I keep a master word document of like if I do a reaction to a band and they mm-hmm. have an album coming out, I put it on this list. So right. this list is just stuff that's on my radar. I know yeah. there's a lot more releases and I just pulled it up when you said it and like August alone for me is like Soulfly, Amon Amarth, Arch Enemy, The Halo Effect, Soilwork, Machine Head. And then September is... There's so much more too. There's it's, so much Oh, there's much so more. much more. This is just the stuff I've like had yeah. like... And then September is like Blind Guardian, Miss May I, Electric Cowboy, Behemoth, like August and September. And then now we've got... Um, Lorna Shore has announced it's going to be October for their album. Like August, uh, September, October is going to be bonkers for metal Fun. releases. It's going to be the wild. I think literally the wildest, just like nonstop set yeah. of releases I've I've ever seen in my I've ever seen doing this. To be yeah. honest, it's fucked. Yeah, and it's hard to keep up. Yeah. Like it's it's so hard, and it's like dude. Even last Friday, like last week, was one of the craziest weeks of my life. And of course, that's the week I'm releasing Nick Knock. And I'm just like, well, I guess I'm here. Let's just go for it at this yeah. point. Like, there's no turning back. Fuck it. Yeah. But I I didn't even know it was possibly legal to release Spirit Box and Lauren Shore in the same week. Like that's yeah. not fair. Plus, Sleeping with Sirens, Fit for Fit for a King. Oh my God, Megadeth. Yeah, like, yeah, why? I saw the you were gone too. for so long. Did you have to come back this week? <laughs> and fuck, Ozzy Osbourne dropped a single that same week. I, <laughs> like, it's so ridiculous. Yeah, it was fucked last week. I, I told, I, I gave up. <laughs> I, I told my dad that I was because my dad's really into like rock and metal and stuff. It's funny because he he when I was growing up, he got me into like the classic rock and the classic metal, and you right. know, metal to him is like Black Sabbath, Deep Purple, yeah. you know. And but he started getting into the stuff that I have done uh, reactions to, and every now and then when we do request streams on Twitch, he'll like text me and like, "Hey, I got a request for you," and I'll like throw it in. My dad is finding these like obscure fucking. He he a couple uh, or last week he sent me this like solo artist from Greenland, native okay. dude, that has like fifty monthly listeners on Spotify, and he sounds exactly like Winter Sun, just doing it all by himself. What? And then. A couple weeks before that, he sent me this band from um, Taiwan, black mm-hmm. metal band from Taiwan that we like checked out on stream. And everybody's like, 
this is fucking sick. Where does your dad find this stuff? I was like, I have no idea. Because he's call never. Reddit. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Like, yeah, it has to be like some like semi-deep web yeah. area where you're just like scrolling. Yeah, but when I told him Ozzy had a new single out, he's like, I thought he was like almost dead. And I was like, <laughs> I seriously think the music is the only thing keeping that guy alive. I think he's staying alive because he wants to put out music. That guy is a like he he's not a human being at this no. point. Like he has he has transcended into this <laughs> yeah. otherly being with like all the drugs and shit he's taken. Like it's it's insane and it's gonna honestly like I I, I hope he just lives for another three hundred years and just <laughs> yeah. like I really do because he's such a legend and he's so so funny and I didn't watch I didn't grow up watching the Osbournes I, I watched it recently and that no like because I, I grew up liking Ozzy Osbourne and like yeah. their tra- like music and stuff but I never watched the Osbournes and then I started watching the Osbournes I was like I just want to give that guy a hug he's just but, he's, he's so nice and his family is like doing his shit and he just <laughs> wants to fucking sit there and watch TV uh, like without picking up his dog shit every five seconds. yeah yeah like well I mean it makes sense because I think I might be mistaken, but I think I'm like nine or 10 years older than you, which again, I'm 25. Me, yeah. Okay. I'm 35. Makes me feel okay, fucking yeah. old. That show probably came out when you were like two. Yeah. I was, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. What was it? Two thousands or something. It, I think uh, it was really early two thousands. Cause I was in early high school when that came out. Yeah. So, I was, yeah, 14, I was like five, six or yeah. something. <laughs> so, um, I actually have a, a funny story regarding the Os- one of the Osbournes. Okay. Um, this is one of those random, like, like sometimes when you tour, mm. you you run into people you'd never fucking expect. Right. So we did this, uh, when I was working for Dustin Lynch, the country artist, we did this big festival in California called Stagecoach. Okay. And it's run by the same people as Coachella. So oh. this festival, after Coachella is done, they turn it over in a week and it becomes Stagecoach, which is the country version of Coachella. Same grounds, same staff, everything. Okay. And it's like, you know, 100,000 fucking people. It's bonkers. Damn. So we're doing our show and I'm like working. Like it's, I, I'm always stage left when I tech. And um, hmm. my my guitar tech on the other side of the stage for me is like waving at me. And I'm just like, what? And he's like pointing like next to me. And I was like, what the fuck? And I t- turn and look next to me and I didn't notice because I was yeah. working. Kelly Osborne and a couple of her friends are standing like two feet from me watching oh, nice. Dustin's show. And I'm just like, this is, that's a random person to be watching a country <laughs> show. And this was like 2016 or 17, something right. like that. And I was like, wow, that's really weird. And then like, we finished the show, we pack up. Um, mm-hmm. And I, that night, Dustin had a bunch of people on his bus and was like partying and raging. And I was still drinking back then. So I went onto his bus right. and Kelly's up there fucking partying with everybody. And I'm just like, this is so random and wild. Yeah. And I actually like, you know, spent a little time around her and she yeah. was like really fucking nice and right. really cool. And like just partying her face off and which she's actually sober now, if I'm not mistaken, I saw in the news the other day, she just celebrated like a year of sobriety or something, nice. which is fucking super cool for her. Hmm. She looks like a different person. Like yes. looks like a completely different person. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like, it's funny because you watch those shows and like they're like you know kind of like bratty little kids in those and they're young yeah. kids and they're teenagers and shit but like i'm just i feel like they also kind of just got like wholesomed up like as they got older like they yeah. just like were like oh yeah like 
this is not a normal life. We're pretty lucky. Shit's pretty fucking crazy, you know, and like for sure it's i guess they just yeah it's they, they seem like very chill down to earth people which is really cool because yeah. i feel like it's much more rare you know you grow up with a fucking rock star dad it's not as yeah common that you turn out like chill <laughs> i couldn't imagine growing up like that just just compared yeah. to like how i did like very middle class american it's like could you mm -hmm. imagine just your fucking dad is like one of the most famous rock stars ever literally unlimited fucking money and you just get whatever you want like i couldn't imagine yeah. that <laughs> that's it's a weird contrast man but i mean like it's it's yeah it's it's hard to deal with it and understand how to deal with it because you're in the world and you know everyone is like praising you and praising your family obviously so it's it's definitely hard to like get into reality and be like oh like this is why oh shit you know yeah. but yeah they they, they see super chill I, I fucking i love the osborne's man it's such a yeah. fun fucking show <laughs> it's so funny dude i mean it was so popular when i was in high school that like mm -hmm. We'd watch a new episode and then you'd go to school the next day and everybody in the really? hallways is walking around going, Sharon! <laughs> like everybody's quoting the fucking TV show. Oh my God, like, that's amazing. And I, I always, with with those like super famous people with kids, um, I, I saw like Shaquille O'Neal recently was mm. did this big piece about how he doesn't spoil his kids. He goes, I, I teach my kids the value of money. And right. I make them work for things. I don't buy them something unless they do something. And I was like, wow, that's a really, that's, that's really cool that he does that. But then I yeah. find out like he makes his kids take out the trash and then he buys him a fucking Lamborghini. So I'm like, <laughs> that's a little different than how it works. Well, how for else me. are they going to get the trash to the garbage <laughs> disposal place? All right, Tank, they need to drive the Lamborghini. Yeah. Like, it's like. All right. So, I mean, I appreciate the value in making him work for something, but I was like, I, that's not the kind of rewards I got when I was younger. Like just, <laughs> just every time a new Lambo, eventually the Lambos become the trash because there's no space. It's like, yeah, yeah. Ah, damn, we got to take another one to the dump. There's no more space guys. <laughs> uh, it's, it's wild, but dude, um, let's just, let's just break into actually what we should be talking about here. And then we're having fun the rails later. <laughs> dude. Um, so you, you have been so fucking busy, dude. And I mean, oh, yeah. for, I'm, I assume everybody that's going to listen to this podcast, like, is already familiar with you and has seen Sadly. releases. But it's like, dude, okay, let's just start at what just came out. Okay. The, the newest <laughs> Nick Knock single. Yeah. And I, I'm an idiot. The first time I checked it out, I believe I called it Nick Knox because I saw the X and was like, oh, wait, the X is supposed to be an O. Fuck. I, I purposely, whenever I see the V's and the X, so the I learned I learned the language now over the years. The V's replace the A's. The X's replace the O's. And like sometimes U's, like yeah. it's really fucking weird. And there's a few other letters that get replaced too. So like I, I basically have been going to school again for this at this yeah. point. Um, but yeah, I did it ironically just as like, uh, well, like, I wanted it to be near my name, Nick Nocturnal, because that's yeah. obviously my brand and all that shit. Yeah. But I didn't, you know, I, I was like, well, how do I do this? And I was like, what if I just do Nick Knock instead of the turn? I'll just keep Nick Knock. So it's just like short form Nick Knock. But then I replaced the L with an X and now it's trap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was basically it. I was like, done, easy, yeah. let's go. X's are a wild card, though, too, because like, when I was growing up in the Chicago local scene, we had mm -hmm. a local band called Hypothermia. Yeah. But the H was an X. <laughs> <laughs> so no, that no, that's not no, that's too far. I'm Zypothermia. Like, yeah, that's, that's not, no. Literally anybody that ever work saw like that, that was like Zypothermia. No. <laughs> yeah. But no, that's too far. 
but dude, I, I just last night, I purposely did this. Like I actually filmed like a full reaction to it, um, mm. to industry because what caught my, my eye about that one was, so you release isolation and yes. it does great. It, it's over a hundred thousand views on YouTube, mm. but it was released last month. Yes. This one has been out and right now for five days and it has like over 210,000 views. Yeah. And I'm just like, so I'm like, what is it about this one? So that made me really curious to check it out. And I, I kid you not, dude, where I joked and I know you saw the reaction to yeah. isolation, but thank you for checking it out, by the yeah, way, I appreciate for sure. It. And, and where I joked and said, like, OK, like, I appreciate this for what it is. He wasn't taking himself too seriously while he actually took the production seriously. I will probably not listen to this again. Yeah. I had the opposite feeling about industry, to be honest. Sick. Like okay. I, I felt like that one was more serious and it was something that I enjoyed and will listen to again. Right. And I really uh, commended you in that for the, just the vocals and the lyrical content, because, you know, I, I, I know the music industry too. And it's like, nobody wants to say that out loud, but at the same time I, I was right, right away. First line when you were like, you know, fuck the industry. Or Very whatever. I, was, I was like, yeah, <laughs> like, let's go. Yeah. Like it yeah. is, it's, it's, it's a wild shitty place for those that don't know. Yeah, man. Well, well, thanks for, thanks. Thank you for the kind words to check it out. So yeah, it's essentially, I get all the sentiments, all that, and even watching the reaction videos. Like I, I get it. Cause you guys are right at the same time, because essentially this was, this whole thing was supposed to be a trap metal meme concept where yeah. I saw, you know, I've seen what what happens in trap metal. I see what's happening on TikTok, like, and the metal metal labels are now just realizing it's kind of going on, and it's like maybe we should get some of these trap dudes because this is what happens. There's these trap dudes, and they're recording their fucking iPhone <laughs> or Nokia, whatever they had, yep. and, and you know they Nokia. have Fruity Loop beats going on, right? That they downloaded from some sketchy fucking Russian website. All right, and they just do that they throw down random like rars that just are literally yells like they're they're not really screaming a lot of them and um because it's that raw aggression that is very relatable and uh, like same thing with that tiktok culture where it's like less quality is now more in some weird fucked up way mm -hmm. um it's way more relatable so a lot of these kids were doing this and throwing it on tiktok and blowing the fuck up and it's like like they'll do their TikTok, then they'll release one single doing this trap metal stuff again. The, not even with the producer sometimes, just like themselves, and it sounds kind of like garbagey and shitty, but it's just relatable and just angry, right? And they'll do uh, one song on Spotify and get like five hundred thousand monthly listeners, and you're just like, "It's <laughs> insane." What happened? You know what I mean? It's just and, and and they have whole careers out of this now. Like, and dude, I'm naive to that. I had no idea. I yeah. like when when you started doing the trap metal thing like I, that's why I thought it was a joke because yes. I was like I've never heard of this now most of my social media time is spent on like reddit or instagram I don't yes. really do tiktok a lot so I'm, I'm sorry for your reddit readings I, 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 <laughs> I you know my condolences for those those uh, are most always of the favorite. time I'm just reading like destiny 2 lore and shit about video oh, okay. games and stuff so I, I stay away from the metal subreddits oh well then you're good yeah you're good. <laughs> yeah so i had no idea what you until now like what you're talking about like i didn't know there was legit legitimate like kids just blowing now i knew there was kids blowing up on tiktok but i didn't know they were doing like but, yes stuff. this like and it's that's the funny thing is it's been going around for a while mm -hmm. like in that scene but it's not considered part of the metal scene which is really weird right and that's why it never gets intertwined and like people never really talk about it and i remember listening to um scar lord the first time when he he did heart attack i think and that was like fuck, i forgot 20 
2018, 19, 20. It's, I don't know. The years all blend together. Yeah. Um, and being like, this is, this is trap beats with screaming. What the fuck is this? And not even realizing that that was even considered late because Ghostbane came before that and Bones and a bunch of, you know, XXX and all that stuff way before in that scene that no one, like the metal scene doesn't talk about. And it's like, I was confused because I was like, where, where, where is this? Like, why is, and these, dude, these songs have hundreds of millions of plays on YouTube, like in the music videos. Really? And these guys have like millions of monthly listeners no one's talking about them in the metal scene and that's when i was like so there's something special here that for some reason yeah. the modern metal scene just fucking disregards because they don't like trap and i get why because the lyrical content's always about money and bitches and cars yeah, and yeah. stuff and so i got that but i was like the music here there's something very special going on so i started to get more into that and i even did a video where um it was like in 2020 where I experimented, I thought I almost didn't release the video because I was really scared it was just going to do shit and everyone was going to hate it. Where it was like metal musician tries to make a trap metal song, like really memely, and um, that video ended up doing really well. And I remember I did that in, video. Yeah, yeah, and I did it in like a meme context that used all star lyrics because I'm I'm not a fucking lyricist or a vocalist. Yeah. I don't know what I was doing. Um, and people really liked it. it was like they were like, dude, this kind of goes fucking hard, and I was like. I was confused because I was like, this is this goes against everything that all the logic I've learned about metal and elitism and stuff. And people yeah. were kind obviously the elitist can still fuck off and still hated it. But yeah. like, you know, it seemed acceptable. It's like, okay. So like I can do that, and that's fun, and that's easy. And kind of that that was sitting in the back of my head then for like a year or two. And I was like, okay, like this is fun, like experimenting a bit more. And also I just want to get better at vocals in general for metal things, right? Like just for backing vocals, you know, and whatnot. Um, so that combined with wanting to get better at vocals, um, combined with just seeing traps start to be infused in metal stuff more. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take this approach of, and also combined with waiting for vocalists, love all my vocalists. I work with big hearts. They take a long time. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> And I was like, well, there's not, you know, when I, there's no, nothing to do in this downtime, right? And so I'm like, fucking, well, I, got, I want to do something for myself, but I didn't feel like making an instrumental album yet, like a Nick Nocturnal fucking yeah. instrumental thing. Cause I did that. That was the first thing I started with and it was great and I'll revisit it one day, but like it's, I want to do, I want to save that. Um, so I was like, let's, let's do something where I can actually just practice vocals straight the fuck up was the mm -hmm. concept. So let's do it in a meme way because that's always how I approach new things is in a meme way because that's how I'm relatable to it and that's how it's more fun and I don't take it too seriously. So I made a post, a community post um, at the end of, fuck, 2020, I think, or 2021. I don't even remember um, <laughs> where I was like, this is all the stuff I'm working on. Terminus in the works, doing a project with Phil from All Our Mains, doing rectangles with Jared Alonji. I'm doing fucking covers with Will Ramos and I'm doing um, a trap metal meme project. And so I made that post and I was going to do it. I already had some songs. One of them was called copyright where I do some fun references <laughs> to like, you know, all my shit's getting claimed. So I need a raid shadow legends ad, or I have to start selling feet pics on OnlyFans and like stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Like just like pure fun lyrics. I still have that song. I don't know if I'll ever release it, but I was like, I, and then, um, what happened is, um, Deadweight, um, my dude, my dude, Eric Deadweight, who is corpse's producer actually saw that post because he's a fucking metalhead like he grew up yeah. in the scene and all that saw my posts or well his friend did and he told him and he emailed me like hey i'm corpse's producer like i heard you're doing like trap metal stuff like if you want to do some cool shit let me know 
And I thought it was a scam at first because Corpse is the biggest fucking one of the biggest trap metal dudes ever. Like he come from the YouTube world, and now he's like again, he has like ten songs and fucking four million monthly listeners. Like he's a he's a big he's a big boy in the fish, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and he's um and he's killer. He makes great beats, and I was like, you're scamming me. <laughs> like this yeah. is not you. So then you know I I sent him like copyright the song that I was just talking about. He was like, yeah, this is okay. There's this is kind of cool. The ideas are here, and we got talking, and I got talking with him. I'm like, oh, this is a real person. Like, this is actually, like, Corpse's producer, which is really cool. And we started working together, and we started working with, like, something scratched. So he sent me a beat, which was Isolation, the beat we ended up using for that. And I was like, dude, this is sick. Like, let's just try some stuff. I laid some heavy guitars. All the guitars in Nick Knock, by the way, are drop C1, so it's an octave below <laughs> drop C. <laughs> um, I'm using my sixth string in drop C, and then I'm using the pitch shifter an octave lower. That so was something just... I was going to ask you about, because I'm like, when I heard, I was like, this is like just unruly low. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's very low. Um, so we started messing with that, and I, t- I started with the meme approach again. And then as I was starting to write lyrical content for the meme approach, I was like, I was drawing like it, it was a bit tough and then I st- I had this chorus as soon as I heard it that was like isolation isolation what you know and I was like oh that's not really a meme chorus but that's like what's driving all the rest of this writing so then as we developed it more and that song went through so many revisions which is why everyone what everyone says it's like it's kind of like experimental is like yeah because it went yeah. through like five fucking revisions it started as a meme song and it ended up kind of being a serious song which just like I tried not to do because I'm, you know, I like starting with memes and going through that. But like everything I tried, I was like, this is real now because, you know, it was just like my experience being in isolation, being a YouTuber, doing all this shit all my life and, you know, yeah. being at home all the time. I was like, OK, I guess like the lyrical content's real. But then I was like, OK, the image, there's no way like I'm, you know, we're, we're going full fucking meme. Yeah. Like I, I have the fake tattoos that my girlfriend draws on me with the Sharpie at the start, like the the Nick. No. I noticed that in the last video I saw it. I, I didn't say anything yeah. about it. I don't know why I didn't bring that up, but I noticed it. And I was like, yeah. I think I think in one part in the video, you can actually see like a random giggle. Like while I'm watching, I'm just yeah. like, <laughs> like I, that's when I noticed it. Yeah. It's Well, that's the thing is like, I, I was like, okay, well, I got to do all the stereotypical things because that's how I acquaint myself usually with styles. Even like forget trap metal, all the stuff I've always done, like learning how to play math rock. Like I kind of take a meme approach, like do the things that people are always make jokes about. And then I like actually learn about it properly through that. So I did the same thing, you know, Nick, I did true cavalt on my knuckles. I did a random fucking anime symbol that I don't even know what it meant uh, from the internet and, and all this. And then I had like all my rings and shit again, pimping out. Did you, did um, you like put the brand of sacrifice on you and you didn't even know it? Probably. <laughs> probably. <not. laughs> that would I have be no fucking, fucking clue. funny. Um, so I did that. And then I, again, I, I filmed and I was like, this is so fun. And again, just practicing vocals at that time, actually caring about the vocals and it weirdly started to turn into, okay, my image is obviously meme as fuck. Like, it's just this fun, fun. Like, this is Nick Knock, right? This is a character. But the lyrics are pretty real. And, like, the like the instrumental. And it's, that's the weird thing. I was like, well, I'm writing a song. I want to, like, make it sound good. Like, I, you know, I don't want to yeah, sound yeah. like shit. So I ended up taking that seriously. And, again, a lot of that even actually stemmed from working with Deadweight. And hearing his production, I was like, your production's, like, I mean, of course, he's fucking, he's dead way. He's the yeah. dude, you know, with the, the trap dudes. This is really good. So, like, it was weird. It was really weird for me because I'm like, do we meme this or do we take this seriously? Because it's this awkward position. Well, right? I think I think anybody that knows you knew going in just as well as I did. I was like, yeah. this this may be a meme jokey thing yes. here. But it's going to be fucking good production. Like, I don't think anybody doubted that the the production side of it was going to be good and taken seriously. 
that's because that's the thing even with memes i take memes seriously which is kind of weird <laughs> yeah. right but every, that's why everything everyone says is like i don't really know if he's serious i get because the origin of everything was not serious it's they it was never supposed to be yeah. but then it, like i said lyrics ended up kind of being serious then the music ended up kind of being serious but then the outfit was the meme obvious nick is yeah. in character so we released that and it was cool i was like wow not too bad for a fucking trap metal thing that you know got thrown out there and i was like it did what it was supposed to do yeah and then immediately we just again like termin is also in the works while we we're doing this and all this other stuff i was like uh all right let's start the next one and just started with a riff idea like that beginning chorus riff da 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 like very mashuga e folly yeah. jaunty kind of crazy shit um and we just had a concept right away when we started doing that we literally were doing this over discord like going back and forth like i would write the riff he wrote the beat okay what's the next part like you know it was like very like lightning in a bottle kind of thing yeah and we were like let's make the first ever thaw trap song okay <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. like makes no sense it goes up against all of the rules but that's where i was like yo let's play to our strengths i'm the modern metal whatever fucking dude that's very into all the modern metal stuff you're the trap guy let's make modern metal trap because that's actually not something that has been done before because yeah. trap is trap metal right but you don't hear thaw in trap metal. You don't even hear metalcore really in trap metal that often. It's yeah. very rare, right? Um, which is cool because trap metal's old, and old, and then but they're developing to adding more metal now into their stuff. But they're de they're developing at the two thousands, right? Metal, whereas metal is taking the trap stuff and realizing all the older trap stuff, not knowing that it's old, and adding it to the modern stuff. So it's like both of these scenes are kind of starting to build off the history of you know the metal scene and the history of the trap scene and then growing it together slowly so we're just like yo instead of starting all the way back here let's just start here let's just start modern modern with both and that's it right so we did thaw trap and um when it came to lyrics that's the thing that takes me the most because i'm not a fucking lyricist yeah, I, yeah. in any way I'm, and i'm like you know while we're talking we just talk about the industry and shit like that and how fucked up it is and i'm like you know what fuck i'm just to talk about the industry because this is like like what i see this is what i see all the fucking day with the biggest concept being like one of the saddest things being i see every time some of my some of the most talented people talented homies ever like throughout all these years of doing what i do just get fucked over they're so talented and they never actually can reach the potential where their art that is beautiful and unique can actually shine because they get in their own way the industry maybe in some way fucks them or people yeah. take advantage of them uh, because they don't know maybe the business sense and then whatever happens and you know even even in modern days working with a lot of you know just just seeing how everything is unfolded and seeing the behind the scenes more than ever i was like this should not be normal like you know coming yeah. from the content creator world where i felt like i had a unique perspective where this was not normal in the content creator perspective you're an individual and that's how it goes right? real real quick my my thought on the music industry currently i think yeah. the big problem is a lot of the people that are in the business side of the music industry have lost their love of the actual music and art mm. and are more focused on the actual business. And right. I, I've talked about this with other artists too. And like, that's why it blows my mind when I have label people that tell me about bands that aren't theirs. I was like, cause usually every label yeah. is pitching you their bands. Like, yeah. like I remember the first time I talked to, um, um, you know, my, my contact over at metal blade, he was like, by the way, dude, if you've never checked out Leprous, you got to check out that band. And I was like, that's not Wait, one you of your like bands. <laughs> I was like, that's not one of your bands, is it? He goes, no, they're just fucking awesome. And yeah. I was like, 
damn. I'm like, that's, that hasn't happened much, to be honest. Yeah. Usually, usually these labels are just pitching you their stuff. It's very rare that I actually meet somebody that's like, check this out because it's really good. And it's not even one of their bands that they're going to make anything off. Yes, of. exactly. And that's, that's, I, 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 I feel like I, I trust people way more when that shit happens. Yeah. When somebody at a label starts telling me about music they like that's not one of their signed bands, I'm like, okay, this person legitimately loves music and I am I'm actually can like trust what they say more than a lot of yes. other people. Yeah. It's, well, that's the thing is like, that's why even that song is not directed at anyone specific. Yeah. It's directed at that this is this norm of how the industry is run and how yeah. artists, it, it's just accepted. Like, you're a metal musician, you won't make money. And it's like, what the fuck like you know what i mean and it's like even dude it's so funny just going into this learning and even realizing like like actual label contract splits and how the usual ones are and i was always like oh yeah it's favors the artist right no what are you talking yeah. about like it, it, no it, it's none of this labels basically a lot of time act as banks um and they yeah. do great things and some bands sure need labels because they need the funding and they need direction and all that right it, it wasn't a it wasn't a dig at that and labels doing cool stuff when bands need them to do it it was just a dig at all the generic set norms that are some of them are archaic and it's like we're in the modern age where a lot of artists like if you have a little bit of business sense and you know how to fucking upload through distro kid you can make a hundred percent of your royalty <laughs> it's yeah. like it's like and, dude one of those things that i hate that like that's why my band we never we never signed with anybody right because we had a couple offers, but like the deals we were getting were those 360 deals where we're like, fuck that. And it's like, I, I will say right now, I love this band, but I think Korn, like pioneering that first 360 deal with their label was the fucking worst thing that could have ever happened for the, the metal music industry, dude. Because now it's become a normal thing where all these bands are signing 360 deals and the the it's it's a lot to explain and for anybody listening that doesn't know what a 360 deal is it basically just means that the label has massive hands in everything you do they yeah. take a percentage of every single thing that you do you sell a t-shirt label gets a cut yeah. you get royalties label gets a cut you make money on tour label gets a cut that's fucking insane yeah man. It, it's again a lot of sometimes the standards that have been set in that specific capacity and in various other ways and again then there's the youtuber side i approached it with like dealing with publishers and how like just, just a lot of things are unorganized and i'm just like i it's frustrating and it's like wow like this is how this is all going and again it's not dig i work with a bunch of labels on my side yeah, and yeah. it's great they come to me and promote their bands a lot of the time be like hey nick we got a new song you want to check it out on your friday like yeah and i a lot of amazing people i know that work at, at these labels and they're they're gems of human beings and all they want genuinely is for their bands to succeed and they love music and all that um but i was just like this this is fucked and this is fucked and it's like let's go like fuck it this is what we're, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, i wanted to throw down so i was worried at the same time but at the same time i wasn't because i was just like who cares like what 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 what, yeah. what what's what, what i what's what, what are people gonna do <laughs> like, what's the worst the worst thing that's happened is like the funniest part is when when the song came out you mm -hmm. know you know just as well as i do when when we try and do reactions we try and stay away from opinions and headlines until we yeah yeah action. yeah but it, it was hard i actually saw like new like articles popping up from like loudwire and blabbermouth and shit that are like nick nocturnal takes shot at the music industry and yeah. new single and i'm like oh man <laughs> i was like sick well that's the yeah. thing with me is like go for it like let's whatever makes you want to pitch it more whatever wants yeah. to get people into the to check out the song like i don't really care in that sense because 
the people I work with in the industry who are really good people, um, they know they know who I am. They know how I work yeah. with them. They know I respect them and they respect me back. And that's why they know, like, if they watch something like that, that it's like, oh, well, wait, Nick's, Nick fucking hates me. It's like, no. <laughs> right? It's, they, it, dude, it's the same. We work with a lot of the same people. I mean, yeah, that's just, exactly. and, and a lot of reactors do. Um, and I think those people know me as well because, you know, my my viewers and my friends on Discord know that, like, when I get heated about something, oftentimes on Twitch, I go off on fucking rants about shit. And, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've actually had those label people get a hold of me and were like, I, I liked I actually liked how you did that because they know I'm not taking shots at them. They know yes. I'm just talking about a broad sense. And, you know, in the grand scheme of things, too, you're never going to please everybody. And no matter what you put out or what you do, somebody somewhere is going to find a negative on it. And oh, yeah. I'm sure, like you know you've seen that and like like recently with me i had uh chris bose from ailstorm on a yeah. podcast episode right i'm aware of what happened with the text messages that got leaked with glory hammer and shit like that and like yeah in in my head it's like okay it got reported he released a statement on it he's done interviews about it he's talked about it it's fucking yeah. over and done like what more could he say on my podcast about that situation that already hasn't been said so I didn't bring it up. Yeah, I was like, I'm just going to have a good conversation with this guy. I'm going to give well, him yeah. a couple hours where he doesn't have to worry about dealing with any of the shit he's been dealing with for the last year. Mm. I got fucking slammed for that. People were like, like, I'm so disappointed in you that you didn't fucking put this guy on the spot. And I'm like, what more can I bring up? Like, yeah. like you're never going to please everybody that sees your content, no. whether it's music or YouTube or anything. You won't. It's yeah. it is how it is, and that's something I've accepted a long time ago. So yeah. that's why I'm just like, yo, if it's fun, and it has that meaning, and that's why again with industry, I was like very, I didn't, I was like, this is not a call out to anyone specific because oh, I, there's a lot of things that were are so fucked up that goes on, yeah. like specific things, and I'm just like, nah, man, like let's make this general kind of sense of what kind of is behind the. The curtains without pulling them back fully you know yeah, that kind yeah. of thing that also makes you curious of like oh what what is going on there just to you know take a look so that's that's really where all that lyrical content came from i just thought it was like like let's fucking go and fit the song and fit the anger of the song it was perfect yeah well, thank you yeah <laughs> no seriously dude i'm not i'm not just saying that like i mean compared to how i took isolation to this one was i wouldn't say night and day but it was it was a lot different it was like wow like i i hear a yeah. lot in this and i'm sure there's recent events that have happened to you that got, got into those lyrics too because it's like i know for sure when you released the cover with will like that was all original like you did all the fucking musical <laughs> shit in that it was will singing and I know that video still got hit with copyrights. It, well, yeah, it was published. It's yeah, it's like that wasn't the oh, that was like was one, one of the one things. one one hundredth of yeah, the yeah, reasons yeah. out of all you know what I mean that were all like looped together of just yeah. things I've seen over these years. And again, coming from from that different perspective, I'm a content creator. These are not norms. Whereas you talk to a lot of musicians and they talk to each other, and it's like, oh yeah, this is just what happens, and it's like normal. And that's really that approach. I'm like, yeah, coming into this is like what the fuck no this shouldn't be normal like how is this normal this is not okay Dude, how this it, all works the same thing that is considered normal in like for musicians yeah. it happens it happens to roadies and techs and stuff too right so like for example there's tours that you may get offered where um you know every almost every tour i've ever been on per diem is a normal thing per diem is the amount of money that you get paid while you're traveling that's right right non-taxed you get like 25 bucks a day per diem for every day that you're away from home hmm. 
And then there's some tours that have stopped doing that. They don't pay per diem anymore. And all these roadies right. have just been like, well, this is just the way it is. And I'm like, it's not though. It's literally right. like, this is not the way it should be. And then there's other little things that happen too, where that's why I just like, I think that one, I think industry struck a chord because I was like, there are all these things that all of a sudden are just fucking normal for everybody that absolutely shouldn't be. Yeah. And then as soon as I even started seeing this shift of like, again, because I wasn't part of the music industry for the longest time. I was the yeah. fucking dumbass content creator stealing everyone's content. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> uh, and then as soon as obviously the pandemic hit and it's like, oh, labels come to me now. No, wait, I'm the dude. Wait, why am I a part of the fucking marketing team yeah, now yeah. indirectly? You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, okay. You know, I start to see kind of more what's actually what goes on and what happens. Yeah. And again, I'm love working with the people I work with, love working with the bands. They're, they're, they're blessings. They're incredible to work with. Um, and it's not directed at them. It's just directed at like, wow, there's a lot of things I see that I'm like, people talk about like, it's nobody's business. Like, yeah, this is just what goes on. Like, oh yeah, next day. Now yeah, day after, you know, like, and it's just like, wait, wait a second. What happened? <laughs> like, yeah. it's just like, oh yeah, that's, yeah, this is a normal day um, where I was like, this is fucked. So that's kind of where lyrical content came in. And yeah, thing with isolation too is like, what I love about doing the single stuff, and I do it with Termina too, to a point. It's a little yeah. harder because Termina is more like multiple songs finished and then release a single. Nick Knock is we're going one at a time. Yeah. So it's like, we're listening to Isolation. I got feedback instantly. R&D is what I thought of it as. Yeah. Perfect R&D. More riffs, more heavy, make vocals more prominent, more trap. Okay, next song. I'm going to make it more heavy, make <laughs> vocals more prominent, more trap. You know what I mean? And same thing with this. Like, I got some cool feedback with this where I'm like, okay, like, let's keep building because I, I you know, it's not like I release a song. It's like, oh, we're good now. It's like, no, I want to learn from what people aren't as a fan of and learn what does work and build off that as the foundation um, for the next one. And then learn from that one and learn more and more until it reaches like, okay, this, this makes sense now. This is what we're doing. And this is the best package I could provide in in this sense so vocally correct me if i'm wrong i thought i heard this but i could be mistaken hmm. have you done vocal lessons with mark from cardavox or yeah else? so i've taken like one or two vocal lessons with like a lot of different people okay, so that's because cool. that's what i like to do is i like to um i i same thing with how i learn a lot of things nowadays like i i understand how to learn even that skill is a development yeah. over time of how to learn a new instrument even right and I do that and I get obsessive over it, which is really cool, right? That's, that's a good trait and sometimes can be bad. But usually for me, it's a good trait of how I get obsessive over learning something. So I like to get different perspectives more so when I take lessons instead of just like, all right, every week on Friday, like, let's do another lesson. Because like, I, I, can do the, I can do the reps myself, but I need to get through the psychological aspect of why is this working? Why is this not? So that's where talking to all these different vocal teachers and taking like a lesson or two from them each has really helped me understand different perspective the, yes and where they yeah. overlap where it's like oh, okay this is where it all yeah. comes together and makes sense together with all these different perspectives so um it started with me obviously just just messing around over like years and doing As whisper screams people. yeah yeah and then um david hit me up from um uh what's that thing he does david from the they, they do the funny animu like metal and stuff like that riff shop oh um, okay <laughs> yeah uh, and he was doing his screaming stuff. He was like, Hey man, like I'm doing this course, like I'll, I'm willing to like train you for like whatever, a couple of weeks and, you know, to use you as kind of like the, Hey, like this is how it could work. Right. Like, and as long as you're okay with film, I was like, yeah, sure. So I did that and I give him credit for getting me more into it. And he definitely got me to light a fire of like, Oh, I want to do this. Um, so he kind of got me past like just the opening the gate 
And then I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. Let's actually take lessons from some people. So like Lucas Magyar has helped me from Vale Maya. Mary from Voice Hacks. I did a lesson with her. She's great. Cardavox, Mark from Cardavox. Did a lesson with him. He's great. Um, Lauren Babich from, you know, yep. yeah, you know, Andy, Andy as well. Andy has helped. I was going to say, you have a great vocal teacher right there. Like. Exactly. So, <laughs> but they all have different perspectives and takes on how yeah. they do this stuff. So it was a lot of me asking questions because I'm, I'm very curious of how my voice works to get the sounds I want to, to emulate, but knowing that I can't emulate some based on how my voice works. Yes. Right. So it's like, where are the long-term limits and where can I aim for now? Because I'm very, that's how I work through emulation seeing something and trying to emulate it. And I'm like, yep. wait, am I trying to emulate it wrong? Or is it just, I can't, right? Like where is the actual like limitations versus where is the uh, technique and, and sucking <laughs> limitations, yeah, right? Yeah. So that's, that's really helped me a lot going through all that. And then just actually taking time and fucking practicing. Like I'll try to do every couple of days on half an hour to an hour sitting here, listening to songs I really like that I know the lyrics and just screaming over them. That's yeah. really all I do. It's, it, it's, it's vocals are fun. Like, yes, I for years like you, I always sang along with stuff. I did backing vocals in my band. I did like, oh, you know, clean harmonies and screams and stuff. Right. But as I've listened to more and more and I've got older and older, I've started um, trying new things and discovering that I can make different sounds. Yeah. Uh, to the point where I'm actually like right now kind of working on like my first actual vocal cover that I want to actually release because I'm a self-conscious asshole. Like no matter <laughs> what I do, I think it's going to sound terrible. Um <laughs> It's the same. It's the same reason you don't see me doing a lot of like bass playthroughs and stuff on mm. on, and my bass covers on on YouTube have done well. Like right. the last one, I I did a I did um, Are You Dead Yet by Children of Bodom, and people were nice. like, "Fuck yeah, dude! Like you need to keep doing this." And I'm just, I'm I'm self conscious about it. I don't know why, right. and especially with vocals. So I I did a lesson with Mark from Cardivox, mm. and I had this mistaken impression that this was going to be like. I'm going to do one lesson and he's going to teach me how to scream better. And it's like, no. dude, we didn't do any screaming. Actually, we did right when we started. He's like, I just want to hear what you can do. Yeah. So he goes, give me a low, give me just a scream, you know, and then give me a, a guttural. And then the whole rest of the lesson, he literally taught me how to breathe correctly. Oh, and I'm just like, yes. what? Like, yes. It's so it's like, we're sitting here and he's like, like telling me how to focus breathing and stuff. And I'm like, God, I never even thought about any of this stuff. Like, yes. And then when I told him, like you said, emulating people, I told Mark, I was like, I don't think I've ever been able to find my own voice. Yes. I'm really good at mimicking other people. And he goes, but that's how every musician and vocalist discovers their own thing. Yeah. They pick these influences that they like, they mimic it, and then they start adapting their own stuff into it. And I was like, oh, that's a really good point. Like, yeah yeah fucking uh when it came to breathing i forgot to met tom from chelsea green i had a lesson with him and that was all I, that was he went with that yeah. i was like oh shit like hardcore on that but dude that's exactly it and it's so funny because i'm an idiot and of course i had to pick one of the harder vocalists to emulate but i was like when soon as i started screaming i um tried to do adrian from north lane um, oh jesus <laughs> so his lows which are actually just phil bozeman lows right like that's yeah. that's who he's emulating so i didn't realize that i was jumping straight into philly b life right yeah um but that's what i started with so it's really funny the first thing i refined was that low thing and that's why even in nick knock that's actually my main scream is the low i'm actually most comfortable yeah. there which is really weird that's right what i'm most comfortable with too right yeah. and then um when i try to do and it's kind of fucked me up because now when i try to do like let's say the high fry stuff like under oath old school like post hardcore like that pterodactyl kind of sounding shit yeah. 
that's where it fucked me up the most because that like especially i have a deeper voice it's like trying to get all the way up there i'm like either i stretch from like my chest and try to go higher like my chest voice or i started my head voice but then it sounds like a little baby and i'm like <laughs> okay and actually talking to all these different people realizing oh it is the somewhere in between that i'm supposed to aim to get stuff like that but it is also just tougher out of my range so that's why even with that like when i try to go higher i'm straining you can hear the strain a bit but like i'm comfy my vocal cords are completely fucking fine yeah. um but that's where i started is like the lows and it's like i guess that's kind of cool because like you get the death core sound but at the yeah. same time i'm just like that's literally just all i can it's do like yeah and that's kind of what i default to because when i was growing up when i was trying to like do vocals mm -hmm. i was mimicking guys like uh burton from fear factory and stuff okay. that really like and like jamie from Hatebreed and oh you know. yeah yeah so like it was just so wild talking to Mark because I, I, you know, when I first screamed for Mark, you know, he's like, the thing that I listen for first is to, to feel if or to hear if it feels like you're you're damaging yourself. Yeah. And he goes, the good thing is there's nothing about your screams I've heard that that sounds like you're damaging anything or good. doing it wrong. But he goes, it kind of sounds forced. Does that make sense? And I was like, yeah. yeah, because I've always felt that every time I scream, I feel like it's it's like I'm exerting more effort than I need to. That's why it blows my fucking mind when I see like all the vocal covers we've seen from Will. When yeah. I watch it, I like, he is so relaxed and so controlled. And I was like, how, how yeah. the fuck is this possible? And it's not just Will, like he's not the be all end all. There's other yeah. vocalists that are exactly the same. But when I do watch a guy like Will, like when he's, he's done the, he did all the vocal covers of the Lorna Shore EP. Yeah. And like literally when he's doing his vocals, it looks like he's sitting here just talking as casually as we are right now. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. this is fucking insanity, dude. Yeah. It's a lot more on technique than a lot than I ever realized. Mm -hmm. Like it's just like it's an art form to, to do techniques and to twist, you know, to, to control muscles inside of your body that you don't yeah. think of ever controlling. And it's a lot of psychology, like getting in your head and like understanding and having the confidence to do it and knowing where you're doing and getting that trigger of like. Oh, I did. Well, nope, not going to do it that way. That, that, there, nope. I know that was about to start hurting right there. So yeah, let's, yeah. you know, tone it back and knowing where your limits are. And he just, like, again, when you do that for that long and he's just, he's just fucking incredible at what he does. It's like, yeah, yeah it's just, it's just a technique to him. He just does it like, you he know. He really is, dude. And I, I hate right now. And I've, you've talked, I saw you and Finn talking about it on your Twitch stream and I've talked about it with people. <laughs> it's like Lorna Shore in the past year. Mm -hmm. started exploding in popularity to the point where they're like suffering from success. It's like all the, <laughs> all the elitists and all the fucking dudes are like, they're just trying to shit on him for no reason. So every time somebody praises Will, there's always like five assholes on the internet. They're like, yeah. He's not that good. I'm like, he really fucking is though. He really like, is that like, good. Like, yes. dude, you can't, he, they're like, other people do what he does. I'm like, yes, that's true. There are other vocalists that can do that, but not fucking many, dude. Yeah. I've been listening to metal since I was eight years old. My first introduction yeah. of metal was actually the Mortal Kombat original movie soundtrack. Yes, dude, let's it was go. Like <laughs> Fear Factory, Napalm Death, fucking Typo Negative. Like, That's sick. Like, and, you know, I've been listening to all different genres of metal since then. Right. In my opinion, Will is a rarity. Like, there are, yes. there are other vocalists that I love that do shit like that. I mean, you've got... Um, Fuck. Jesus Christ, why am I blanking out on names right now? Uh, Well, okay, first of all, one of the more popular ones that always gets brought up, Dickie Allen. Dickie Allen yes. does crazy shit. Dickie's fucking wild. But then you've also got 
Travis Ryan from Cattle Decap, OG with metal vocal styles like that. Like, so there are other people that do it, but I, you know, when I see people that are like, he's not that impressive. There's other people that can do it. Like he sounds like everybody else. I'm like, he, I just, I, I know for the most part, people have subjective opinions on everything, but I'm like, yeah. You can't subjectively sit here or objectively sit here I'll and help. tell me that he's you not that good. You are wrong. Yeah, like There you go. <laughs> really is that fucking good and you know Lorna Shore in general. Everybody in that band is just fucking stupid good. And yeah. you know, a lot of people like to blame their popularity or not blame but attribute their popularity right now to Will alone. I highly disagree with that. I've said mm. many times that I feel like this is one of those scenarios where you see a band that has had member changes, but all of a sudden you have found the perfect puzzle pieces of people that are tailored to be in that band together. Yeah, of, and of that's course. that's what I think is is special about that. But the just going back again, the the comfortability and the relaxation in vocalists like Will when they sing, I'm just it's maddening. And <laughs> it's then mad. like and then like the video Elizabeth just did with Will where they shoved the camera down Super his fucking cool. throat. I was like, like, I know nothing about vocals. Right. at all like but watching that video i was like this is insane and then seeing one of the top vocal scientists in the world being shocked about some of the stuff he saw like when will's vocal cords were like going like asymmetrical and turning yeah. and shit he goes twisting and shit he goes i can't say that nobody else can do that but he's like i've never seen it <laughs> i'm like that's fucking crazy dude yeah like that guy yeah. has studied people all over the world and he's never seen that yeah well it's definitely um i making this new meta of like oh here's what vocalists can do so like now vocalists have like it's like do it, it's fu fun seeing the evolution and i feel like with vocalists it ha it's usually takes the longer one like guitarists already like if you can't play both tech death and jazz math rock like you're just like shit <laughs> like, you know yeah, what i mean yeah, like yeah. you're right it's just like and, and same, same thing with bassists and drum drummers if you can't be a death metal drummer and a jazz classical funk drummer at the same yeah. time you're just you're just not reaching the quota of like bet the some of the best yeah. better drummers, right? So I feel like with vocals, it takes a little. It's been taking a little longer because it's like, well, first it was just obviously clean singing, which was great, and then it was adding a little grit to the clean singing, you know, for old school rock and 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 heavy metal, right? And then screaming became a thing, and it was like, oh, what the fuck is this? But it was only one scream, right? Then it was like, oh, what's like, let's do a low. What the fuck's a low? Oh, what's a high? You know, and now it's yeah. like the new meta is, oh, you got to be a screamer that can do highs, mids, and lows. And now it's like, you gotta be able to clean sing, clean sing everything, scream with high loads, mids, and with different techniques, and with tunnel throats, and with all this shit, yeah. and with different placements, and be a good lyricist. And it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, that I amped up really fucking fast. And stuff like this, like the videos that Elizabeth does, and like just incredible vocalists like Will, Dickie, fucking Alex Terrible, yeah. just set this new precedent of, you can do this and especially i love watching elizabeth's video and being like yeah this your your vocal cords are actually better than actual normal people in general like healthier um and it's like oh i guess we gotta up our game now you know like vocalists will look yeah. at that and be like fuck now i have to do this <laughs> you know I, like, I love how in like the last 10 years for me as a metalhead mm -hmm. the stigma has gone from screaming takes no talent to now everybody's like it, like they're looking at it like it does take a lot of talent and yes. technique, which I, I appreciate so much because I can't tell you how many times as a kid, like I was I was a metalhead in school and like yep. you know, all these fucking asshole kids <laughs> in high school, and middle school that, you know, 
that the popular kids that didn't get into metal are like, it's just noise. It doesn't take talent. <laughs> like anybody can do that. It's screaming right. so easy. I was like, yeah, fuck you. Fuck like, you, dude. <laughs> this, like, this sucks, do you yes. do you do you have any vocals on the new Termino stuff? I do. Do you? Yeah. I have uh, backings. Yeah. Because, well, that's the thing. It's like, yo, you got a fucking Lambo over here. Like, I'm going to not throw my fucking Toyota <laughs> ass on. And, like, you know, it's like, I'll throw the Toyota when the Lambo's getting gas. That's basically yeah. what's happening. Right. Yeah. So, like, uh, that's kind of what's ha- it's It's really cool. And, again, I'm, I'm very grateful that Andy's down with it uh, to a point. Again, I'm not, like, everywhere. Like, Andy's the vocalist, and that's what he does. I'm the instrumentalist. That's what I do. Right. Um, but at the end of this song coming out July 8th, actually. By the way, new term on July 8th. Um, well, single, yeah. single or album? Single. Yeah, okay. I'm not going to fucking drop an album. Dude. I, I, <laughs> I, that's I, the I, thing. I, I'm not going to work fucking two years on the whole thing and then drop it all at once and then it's going to be <laughs> fucking dead after two weeks. Like, yeah, yeah man, yeah, I'm going to yeah. milk the fuck out of that. Yeah, it's, for sure. It's going to be a rollout, okay? <laughs> um, but at the end, at the chorus, to amp up the chorus to really make it like another huge, you know, the last chorus is always extra in some capacity. I'm doing um, echoes of what Andy's saying as screams nice. and backgrounds. That's kind of what I'm doing, and it's just it's cool. just cool as that element. Again, I was just like, "You sure, man?" Because like you're the vocalist. Like I, 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 you know, sure. Like I, the vocal, I can do, I can do my part. Like I said, a Toyota will get you there. It'll, yeah, yeah. it'll do the job, right? It's, I have a Toyota. They're great. Yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> but you were fucking Lambo, bro. Like you cool yeah. with that? And he's like, "Yeah, like go." And I, and I, I'm very thankful whenever a project that uh, has a vocalist that I'm working with is like, yeah, like try it, like do it. Like, and I'm like, oh, well, thanks, man. I, I appreciate that opportunity, yeah. you know, because like I don't need to do this. I don't need the ego boost of like, oh, I can do vocals now. I'm going to be everywhere, right? Like I don't fucking need that. I'm doing my own vocal random dumb shit, right? <laughs> so um, yeah, I did some backings on the first one and uh, it sounded cool. It, it was really cool to just like go back and forth with Andy. That's, it made it feel very special, you know, in that sense on a different level than the, just me like I'm the instrumentalist and Andy's the vocalist and like you know we, we blend together and we have the chemistry it was like oh this cool like added layer of like us doing almost duets together is it's cool it's like yeah. weirdly musically intimate <laughs> yeah yeah for sure right? where, where, do, where does Andy live generally like Maryland okay I think <laughs> so my my question that I was going to lead into from that was did you work on any of this in the same room together or was this all remote sending it to each other and shit I've Just... met Andy once in my life no was... way yeah I've I've been once in my life we filmed lucid um their first song which was in Toronto because he was you were just visiting anyways for something else yeah I was like you want to film music video while you're here that would be good <laughs> yeah. he's like okay hey. that was the first time I ever met him that's the only time I've ever met him in my whole life so wait for the music video for Desolate Spectre, then? I went outside where there was grass. Andy went in the forest. Patrick did the rest. <laughs> so you guys weren't together? That's None of the videos one. we were together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, wow. Patrick Lawler, he's a god. He, he's a videographer. Like He's the go-to. He's worked with fucking Polyphia. He, he did Corn, Black is the Soul. He did um, As I Dying video or worked on it a little bit. He's just done a lot of stuff, and he's really cool. And he's like into all the new stuff, right? So that's what I love. And even this new video, we are using uh, AI generated art for everything. So it's like green screen. But like, dude, the art is fucked. Like I had to ask Patrick 10 different times. You made this, (laughs) right? (laughs) Because it's like, no, like I I disbelieve that a computer created this because all artists are about to be out of a job in a sad way, like graphic artists, because this is fucked, right? It's like, yeah, man, this is all just like you just put the... You put Nick Nocturnal, you put Sad, you put whatever, and it just does it. <laughs> I'm like, 
no, like this is actual like we one of the um, pieces he got from that is actually the single artwork that we have coming because it no was way. that good. We were like, no, like this is fucked. Like this this is professional shit that people charge three hundred dollars for a pot like to do artwork with. He's like, yeah, I got like a whole folder. Oh my like, god. Okay. Dude, what you can do with computers now is mind blowing. Like one of my Fuck favorite up. things, I wonder when it's gonna get to the point where like I don't think musicians themselves will ever be obsolete, but some yeah. of the AI stuff now, like one of my favorite things ever. We listened to this on like a whole stream once because it was so stupid. Right, right. They fed an AI all of Archspire's uh discography. <laughs> and Did it just crash? And, and basically told this this ai to just come up with music right it's a it's a 24 7 stream you could go to it right now oh, it's a 24 7 stream where this fucking computer ai just comes up with like tech death but it uses the sounds that it learned from archspire so it mimics ollie's voice but he's it's not making words <laughs> it's just like it literally kind of just sounds like noise but it's sometimes there were a couple times when we were listening for the majority of the time, it does sound like garbage, but then right. there's a couple times where we're listening. We're like, Holy shit. That, that fucking rips. Like <laughs> it's dude. I wonder I'm very what to the point where there's going to be AI bands. Like, yes, literally. yes. Oh yeah. There's, there's VR streamers. I think there's going to be yeah. AI bands. I, yeah. I don't think that's far off. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, um, I, uh, can be a SoundCloud trap rapper before then. So I can't get replaced, <laughs> but, um, yeah, like it's fucking wild what computers can do. So like that's the new music and it's, you know, all that stuff. But when it comes to all our other videos, that's um you see this this white thing here? Yeah. So I stand in front of that before <laughs> I had the fucking display stuff. Shout out to display. Um they're not paying me for that anymore, but they should. Um just stand in front of a white fucking wall. Andy did the same thing in in Florida, Maryland, whatever he was at the time. He hit the film button on this thing called an iPhone, and then we sent it to Patrick and he made a music video professional. Oh my god. Yeah, we use iPhones, by the way, to shoot our shit. Amazing. Well, I it's mean, fucked. let's be real. Let's be real here. It sounds funny saying that out loud. But yeah. The cameras and iPhones are pretty fucking great now. They're dummy thick. Like, yeah, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I don't want to, like, yeah. make it sound like he's not trying. But I think Galactic Criminal does all of his YouTube videos with an iPhone. Good. I would do it, too. If it <laughs> like, was if I had to, if I had a filming phone, right? That's the thing. I, I need my phone. Like, I don't want to fucking yeah i want to kind of multitask sometimes so it's like yeah i need to see oh shit the emergency right i don't want it to be like yeah. on my camera emergency um, or like you're like filming a reaction with your iphone and fucking alerts and shit start popping yeah. up and like yeah and exactly. it's, it, it's so funny because i'm like looking at my setup right now and it's like yeah i have like this fucking new camera yeah dude and it's so funny because i had been using a, a logitech what the c922 the c922 dude yeah longest time dude i stretched it out as long as i could <laughs> and now i bought this fucking nice camera that looks good and i finally have color in my shit right. and um i was editing a podcast episode the other day that i filmed right before i got right. this camera and now that i'm using this new camera i'm like this looks like shit. <laughs> like this doesn't even yes. look fucking acceptable. <laughs> and even yeah. even one of my Discord mods that I sent the the podcast to already was like, dude, I'm like looking back and forth between your cameras, and he's like, the color definition on his camera is so good, and yeah. then when you look at yours, it looks so bad. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. yeah. Like, I had the same thing with my videos too. Just yeah. looking back, and like now I do 4K everything, and I'm like, yeah. wow, like this should be normal. Nah, I'm but. still going 1080, but whatever. 
that's it's better. You don't need people don't need 4K, honestly. Um, the reason the reason I don't add ah, going off of what you just said, the reason I don't is because our tour videographer I had on one of my last tours that I mean, he one of the most talented dudes I've ever worked with, and he knows so much about camera and filming. He right. straight up told me, he goes, for doing reaction videos and shit, dude, he goes, nobody on YouTube is going to give a shit if your stuff is in 4K or 1080. Yep. Nobody's going to fucking care. Yep. So that's, that's why true. I kind of just stick to the 1080, you know. Yeah, but, it, uh, it makes the most sense. Maybe man. someday. Yeah, but, yeah, dude, technology's fucked. Um, yeah. it's, and, it's fucking crazy. <laughs> and one of, one of the reasons I got this new camera, too, is because, you know, going out on tour later this year, um, Electric Cowboys management has been nice enough to basically tell me, like, you can film vlogs. Like, nice. That's kind of, like, we know that's kind of your thing. So, like, if you want to stream while you're working on guitars or you want to film content, you know, for backstage roadie vlogs, whatever, that's cool. So, yeah, I went out and bought this nice camera and I got a good, I got a pretty good fucking setup. Like, I bought a microphone for it and I've got like a fucking tripod and all that shit. Nice. Like, <laughs> pretty excited to do that. But I, I look around my room now and I think of all the fucking dumb shit that I bought. <laughs> over the last over the last couple of years doing youtube like because when i first started out like i said i had the like no audio interface just a fucking cheap usb mic that yeah. you know one of those like 20 dollars versions of this that you get on youtube that really just sucks yeah and like a webcam and then over the last couple of years i've been upgrading but what I what I mistakenly did was rather than saving my money and upgrading to what I really wanted, I'd slowly progress. Right. So like the first audio interface I bought um, was the Scarlet from uh, Focusrite, which yeah, yeah, pretty it's good. Like... But compared to what I'm using now, absolute shit. Um, and then I've gone through like three microphones before I got this one. What is what you have an SM, yeah, 7B, yeah, right? yeah, same thing. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, this, it's, the, it's the microphone. Yeah. This is the last microphone that you'll ever need for anything like this. And vocals like, too, most of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many people that are doing vocal stuff with, with this now. Like, oh, you know, it, it's rare that you would see it in live. Like, I yeah, can't yeah. personally. Well, because it's awkward to hold too. It's yeah. Like, it's, you know. I, I, I can't say I've ever seen anybody truly use this like live on tour or anything. You know, most of the time it's, you know, the whole band gets an SM58 and the singer gets a better version. You know? <laughs> it's the better but, version. Yeah, yeah. But as as with everything else in the band, the singer gets yeah, the better yeah, yeah. version. Yeah. But um yeah, it's like I'm finally at a point after two years of doing this YouTube stuff where I, I don't think I really need to upgrade anything anymore. Yeah. I have a good camera. I have a good fucking microphone. Like I'm I'm stoked on it. You know. I get um I don't know if you if you can relate to this. I get anxious if I own too many things and I don't use them. Like I literally same thing with guitars. Like if I have too many like guitars there and I'm just like because it's always there. It's like I'm not using this. Why Dude, is this I, even here? I started getting that feeling recently because I have, so I have three of my old basses on the wall. Right. And then right. I have three electric guitars down here. Mm -hmm. No joke, dude. I haven't touched any of them in months. Right, right. And the other day I was sitting back here and I was like, why the fuck are these even still here? <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't remember the last time I actually used them. Dude, I've done, I've done sponsored videos for like real gear and stuff where I'm literally like, they're like, well, yeah, the gear's included, and you have to keep it, right? Because they're not, they don't want to ship it back. And I'm like, can I ship it back? Because, <laughs> like, I don't want it just sitting here. Like, yeah, I'm never going to use it. Yeah. yeah, like, I'll use it a little, which is cool. And, like, you know, the video will be cool. And, again, it's a good product, and that's why I have it. But at the same time, I'm like, I, it's, like, I'm, I'm going to, it's such a rare thing. Like, even things like um, playing live, right? Like, the I, I had, um, I had the, the fucking Sennheiser, the best ones. And I did a sponsor video for them. I'm like, these are literally the best things to use while playing live. That's sick. I play live like once five every five years. So <laughs> yeah. like, you know, it's like, 
they're great and if i ever play live like that's the thing but also like i know it's there and it makes me anxious knowing that i'm not going to be using it for a little bit Dude, as well so I, i'm i have so much gear man like i have so much gear that i'm never i'm probably realistically never going to use again like if i move people that are listening on spotify and stuff won't see this but right right this that rack down there yes that was my old touring rack from when i was in a band right and i've i've got an Ampeg SVT4 Pro, my wireless system, like a Sonic Maximizer, a power conditioner. Right. Those haven't been used in fucking 10 years. Damn. Like, and it's like, in my mind, it's like, I could sell these. Yes. But at the same time, what if I need them again? Yeah. That's I, I, like, I, I don't think I ever will need them again, but that's the conflict in my head. It's like, yeah, I yeah. want to sell shit, but it's like, man, I might need it. My thing is not I might need it. It's I don't want to go through the sketchiness of finding some random dude on fucking Craigslist to sell this to and then go and like do the whole thing and hope yeah. I get paid. That's like my big thing. Actually, yeah. It's like actually doing the transaction. So I'm just like, I guess it's better just letting it sit there for now and losing value. As yeah. I know. <laughs> That's fucking funny. So you, you probably like I watch other streamers like you probably fucking get anxiety if you see like herman lee streaming and see his 60 <laughs> guitars in the back like dude his fucking room looks like a goddamn guitar center yes. it's ridiculous yeah. like even with like green screens like i i um i had a big green screen at one point i was like i hate this because i was to put it back and back and then i got the like elgato thing which is like 200 bucks that you just yeah zoom zoom yeah done perfect i even though i could use a bigger green screen i'm like no it's gonna make me anxious just fucking that's a good size and i'm good and i never want to go away but yeah, dude, Herman's setup. Like, just dude. so many streamers have such crazy setups, and I'm oh, just like, yeah. You want some slip newt? It's there. That's what <laughs> yeah. I got for you. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, uh, my wife and I are, are looking at moving right now, and we've been looking at houses. Like, we're just we're just ready to get out of the city. Like, yeah, we've each we've each each lived in Nashville for like 12 years at this point. Hmm. It's a great city. It's starting to become unbearably expensive with all the people moving here. Cool. So we're like. Let's let's get out of here a little ways. So right. and now that we have a kid, we're thinking about other things like schools and stuff like that. And the schools in Nashville, the public schools are fucking terrible. Like <laughs> on the on the school ratings that you look yeah. online, they always rate schools between like just one and ten. Like it's a fucking right. album or something. Um <laughs> It's two out of ten would not recommend. Not yeah. good listen. Most of the public schools in Nashville are like two or three out of ten. So we're like there's a there's a suburb uh, like 45 minutes away called Clarksville. And we've right. been looking at places that all the schools are fucking good. They're rated like seven or eight or higher nice. out of 10. And money-wise, you can get a really good bang for your buck. Mm. And our house in Nashville, we could, like the Nashville prices are so bad. We could sell our house right now for probably a pretty good profit. Right. And only be able to afford something smaller than this. Yeah. It's so bad. So we're looking to go the other direction because yeah. we can get a bigger house. And one of the things I was thinking of was we're looking to get like a house that has an office space for me to do all this stuff and stuff right. like that. And I was like, in one of the corners of my room, I just want to paint fucking lime green, like a yes. foot section. Yes. Because I would have done that if this wasn't a fucking closet, actually. Yes. Yeah. So you can just green screen forever. Yeah, I've been thinking about doing that for any time I wanted to do green screen rather than buy something because I actually saw somebody do that. I was watching somebody's YouTube video the other day and I noticed like off camera, like a, you could see a little bit on camera. I was like, why the fuck is that? Just why is the room painted like white and then there's just green? Oh, it's a fucking green screen. Like yeah, they painted dude. a green screen. Yeah. Genius. Yes. <laughs> like that's, that's the way to go. 
It yeah. just makes things. I'm, I'm all like, I hate setting things up. That's why I hate getting new things. I'm a fucking weirdo, dude. Like, if yeah. I get new gear or stuff, I get anxious. Like I said, because like now I have to learn about this. I have to set it up. I have to spend time dealing with this thing. That the enjoyment I get from getting something new is just gone at yeah, that point. Yeah. So it's like I like being like, I know when I even even like a Zoom call like this. I know like I press the camera on button, and then I hit go. It's it's as simple as that. Yeah. Everything fucking works. There's no bullshit. And when there is, I panic and cry. But like, <laughs> you know, it's fine. It's good. Simple. And then as soon as I got even getting this new camera myself, like to upgrade to 4K, I was like, that was like that was like turmoil for me for like a month, just being like, I have to learn this now. The canon just dude, worked, dude. Getting a new camera was, it was like, I'm a simple person. Right. I would love to just turn it on and have it like look like this. Yeah. And it does now. But yes. when I first got it, dude, I I spent hours watching YouTube videos of people yep. that did like tutorials on this camera and learning how to work it and stuff. Cause I don't know shit about cameras like at all. <laughs> Me? Either. So dude, dude, this will probably tweak you out. You know how if I make a thumbnail for a video now where it's um it, it should be a green screen, where it's just like it's a weird background and then it's me just like Yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know how I get those images now? How? I fucking take a screenshot. I, I record and I do the faces or whatever. Yeah. I take a screenshot that I want. Yeah. Like, so say it's this. The background will be included. Right. I pull it into Microsoft Paint. I fucking zoom in as far as I can go. And I turn the sensitivity on my mouse all the way down. And I fucking erase lines all the way around my fucking body. Whoa, wait, fam, <laughs> dude, you get Photoshop. Oh my God. No, I don't get... fucking pay for Photoshop. Bro, it's, I, I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there's things that, it, you know. It's, it's... Yeah, but dude, <laughs> there's something funny about that Microsoft Paint life, though. When I tell people, people are like, your thumbnails look good. What do you use? Microsoft Paint. <laughs> I, I Dude, yeah, what the fuck? Photoshop is a must because you get to, you, there is even a button that's, and it works depending on how clear the images and how obvious you are from the background. You just hit remove background. Like, know, but... just, oh my God. <laughs> but then like, but then if I'm going to get Photoshop, then I should probably get Premiere Pro, but I don't want to fucking learn a new interface for editing. I'm using fucking yeah. free ass Filmora. Actually, no, I pay for this version now, but when I first started, <laughs> I got the free trial because when I first started doing YouTube, I didn't know anything about any of this. Right, right. So I was like, well, I don't want to pay for something that I'm not going to fucking figure out. Yeah fucking idiot so i got the free trial of filmora and then i was like okay yeah. i like this interface i like how it works it's mm. easy to edit videos i'm gonna use it but then there's so many people when i talk to them they're like bro you need to use premiere or like even some other people have told me to get like resolve or something and they're like you're fucking editing like with your lamborghini toyota comparison earlier they're like you're fucking editing with a toyota <laughs> when you could easily be using a lamborghini and i was like Toyotas get the fucking job done and they, they last get forever, it done. Dude. I I I used to do a lot of that stuff too, kind of like just like fuck it. I'm used to this, um, and because it is always annoying to learn. Like I remember learning Photoshop was like panic, don't want to, don't no no, and yeah. then it was like, but now it's like I can't live without it, kind of. And same thing with like Premiere. It's like oh god, like I can't go back to Windows Movie Maker. No way in hell, man. I can't do it. <laughs> Did you really use that before? Yeah. Holy shit! All my covers were just it was one it was one take. Just, yeah. yeah. That was it. You just fucking do it and you put the audio on it. Like, oh, okay. So if you're not adding graphics or cutting or anything, I, I didn't do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't have grad graphics. It just, it was just, when do I start playing zoom? When do I stop zoom? That's it. Yeah. Do you just out of curiosity and I don't mean to put you on the spot if this is weird or anything, but like, 
Do you still edit your videos or do you have an editor? No, I edit all my videos okay. except on the clips channel. Cause that's not even like, that's my, that's Twitch just your mods, mods right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's Thanks. my mods do everything there. And I love that. Cause it's like, you can watch the clips channel and you get like a different edit. Like you get a different style yeah. of video, which because they edit differently and I, and they edit really well too. Like, honestly, I've Dude, thought about just, they put like, some time into it. I when, I, when I watched the replay, I watched like half of it on stream, but when I watched the replay of when you were doing the Fox news thing, yeah. I noticed even some of the edits, I was like, and I knew your mods did that. I was like, yeah. wow, these guys put some time into this. Like they do. There's like zoom ins on your face and fucking other shit. I like, taught them. Okay. I taught them the zoom ins though. That was <laughs> the zoomies. That's the one thing I knew, but um, no, yeah, that's so anything on the clips channel is always them. And then anything on my channel for the last, ever since I started, it's always been me. I do that. I do the thumbnail. I do absolutely fucking everything because it's just, I mainstream it now. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I know how to do it. I know I film, I put it in here. You know, I, I know where to go. I know how to, it's just me teaching that to somebody is a nightmare. So I'm just like, there's no Yeah, point. the big, the big thing for me, I just don't want to pay anybody because, because <laughs> if I'm being honest, like I'm, I'm currently making enough that like from, from like YouTube and Twitch and Patreon yeah. or whatever that like our bills are paid, Yeah. but I'm not making more than that. Exactly, so it's yeah. like, if I have to, if I pay an editor or somebody to do shit for me, that's literally like, what do I have to cut out of our fucking budget for the month to do yeah. that? So and there's also a sense of like, when you edit your own videos for YouTube, it's like, you know exactly what you want to do. Yeah. And while there are, don't get me wrong, there are tons of people that are capable of editing really good out there. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to edit edit it the same way that I'm going to. Yes. And especially when I'm throwing in fucking maybe jokes or a cut yeah. to a meme or something like, nobody's going to have that same thought process, even though they may actually be a way better editor, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the thing is it's been cool to work with my mods with their stuff and seeing them evolve and they're they're very open and they're really good and that's the thing is like they'll they're open they weren't editors before this so that's why it's like I'm able to help them kind of learn things and like even with things like as simple as thumbnails I'm like so this one's good this is too busy and then kind of explain and then actually explaining why and being like look make this more simple. And it's got to re replicate the title. You got to look at the thumbnail and it's got to tell you the title and that, and it's got to make you want to click and teaching them things like that even. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, okay, there's more numbers. <laughs> you know, it's like that. Yeah, or even yeah. changing the titling of how titling things instead yeah. of it being so specific, make it more generic, make it more like, oh, like I want to click on that. But their edits are the same in the video because the content's good. And it's like, just like little tricks like that, that you learn just over doing this for so long. And then seeing them able to do that too. It's like some, they get, they literally the, it's funny. The Fox video, the Slodger Prevail reaction has more views than my last two other than Nick knock videos on my, my, my main channel. So I'm just yeah. like, yep. Yeah, all right. You're, you guys are, you get it. Yeah. You're doing it. So I, my OCD takes over. Like hmm. I, I, I would like to change the way I'm doing things to be honest. Right. But I've been doing things. Every one of my videos, if you look, it has the same format for the title. It just has roadie reactions of what I'm reacting to. Yeah. And the thumbnails pretty much all have the same format. And in my brain, I was like, I can't just one day start doing it differently because that's going to bug me. Gotcha. <laughs> like, I know it sounds yeah. so dumb, but it's like, I don't know, man. It's, it's you know, I've learned a lot doing this. Mm -hmm. um, and I still probably don't implement all the things I should. Um, yeah. But, it, you know, it's funny, the, the editing thing, it's like, it blows my mind when I talk to other YouTubers that, like, may have way less subscribers um, mm, than damn. even me. Because I, I, in the grand scheme of things, I have way less than you. And then when I talk to people that have way less than me, let's say, like, 20, 30,000, 
And they're like, oh, yeah, I, my editor. And I'm like, you fucking have an editor? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, I have, yeah. like, I, I've never, I've literally never had anything done. Well, I take that back. One of the logos that, that I currently use was like mm. a fan-made thing by somebody in our Discord community. That's wow. like the only thing I use that I've never really done myself. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, at least from my experience with YouTube and stuff, I guess my thought process is it can all be done by one person, that person being me. So it's like, why am I going to pay somebody else to fucking do it at this point? Yeah. Yeah. I, I have that same mindset too. And then um, that's why it's like the only, actually the only thing I've actually have like a monthly new expense for, and it was so worth it, is PR is Nikki, working with Nikki, which yeah, is yeah. great, right? But even with uh, my mods, I, and it's, it's actually, they're, they're, I'm sure they're happy about it and I you know, wouldn't change it at all. Um, I just give them the clips channel. Like, I don't even care. I'm like, whatever revenue, like, yeah. go. Like, I don't even do splits with them on that. I'm like, this is your guys' channel. Like, just, I, I benefit was... by my name goes out there and then fucking people watch the Twitch stream after. You guys are very incentivized because it makes a pretty penny, I'm sure, when, when you guys are doing yeah. it and actually it's getting monthly views. So they're super incentivized, but they also just love the work. They, they did it for free forever. And now it's like, oh, you can actually make money doing it. So that's how I make sure that they're super happy. And also, I just love working with them and they love working with me. Yeah. So it's just very natural. Um, and then I don't actually have any extra expense, right? Yeah. And it's just like, all right, like that just works out. But I, I also took time to help them grow yeah. that sustainable for them so i taught them a lot of stuff i taught them look like let's do even my twitch streams i'm like look all, all the music stuff's gonna get copyrighted obviously so if i don't know the label and also telling them to do it on eclipse channel is a little tougher why don't you guys throw some of the new stuff on there that's different mm -hmm. that's you can do that and then they started doing that and it gets more views than a lot of the stuff talking yeah. about the new shit and then that's... also they can um fucking monetize it and i'm like yeah Good, that's, build that's a that. Fantastic I want idea. And I've always yeah. wondered about that because, like, there are other streamers, like, I'll tell uh, Asmund Gold as an example. Yes. Dude, like, there's an Asmund Gold Twitch Clips channel or whatever. Yep. And one of my mods was like, oh, yeah, he doesn't do that. Like, some yeah. somebody that he knows runs that. And, like, those videos get hundreds of thousands of views. And half the time, it's just videos of him fucking talking about shit. So, you know, there's no copyrights. Yeah. They're probably making a ton from that. Well, there that this is the thing is, and then you see the new metas, and then people adapt, and then you see the copy pastas and stuff. A lot of people sometimes kind of do it, go for it. I get a lot of my inspiration not from the metal scene actually at all. Is I get it from seeing the big streamers and YouTuber dudes mm -hmm. do stuff, and then metal scene's always like two years later. So I'm like, I'm gonna jump on that yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> um, even reacting to fucking TikTok, like when it, I was like, why is no one else doing this? All right, well, you guys have fun over there. Uh, I'm gonna go do this shit, and including it. And clips channels and doing the Twitch stuff and even changing how I title things, right? It's like all all these things. I'm like, okay, like these, this, this is how it's supposed to go. And then I start to see the metal scene adapt. And, and now everyone, all the metal reactors have their clips channels and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I started a Twitch clips channel. But what it was specifically for was when I did every Saturday on Twitch, I do react, reaction requests. Right. And we have this like fun system where people put in their request by using channel points. Like I don't take donations or anything like that. And then mm -hmm. I have a big fucking spin wheel on screen and whatever it lands on, that's whose reaction I do. Nice. And every one of those I did, I used to put on my Twitch clips channel. Right. But the problem with that is just me being OCD is I would take every single one of those and I would go back in, in my video editor and re-edit the fucking oh, levels and shit like that. And, and I'm talking like, 15 videos every Saturday I'd re-edit and fucking put on my Twitch oh, clips channel. Oh, Tank! 
So Dang, no, so my friend. It kind of it kind of got. Now here's here's the funny thing. A couple of those videos because people are requesting whatever they want, and yeah. everybody has different musical tastes. And we started getting a lot of Japanese bands. We all know their publishers fucking are not cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I started getting strikes on that channel. Oh and, my god! And so I I I pumped the brakes on it. I made all the videos private. But then I realized, dude. Not spending five hours after every stream on Saturday uploading all these is fucking sick. So I told everybody, I'm like, guys, I'm probably not going to be doing that anymore. But I may, maybe, I mean, do what you're doing where it's like, I know a couple of my mods that love doing fucking like yeah. that make memes and shit like that. And I was like, hey, if you want, I'll just give you access to the channel and you can fucking upload whatever you want for my Twitch stream. I don't even have access to the Clips channel. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I don't. I'm just like. I remember making because I that's the thing I see this stuff that's happening in the mainstream and I don't just copy like I don't I'm not just like oh that's a good idea let's react to TikTok I ask why is this working which I feel like a lot of people that do the concepts they don't ask why is this work so they copy paste and then a lot of time it fails because they're just like expecting the views to happen right what even little things that might be right it's like what well, do work the algorithm <laughs> right? that's the thing I always hear and then it's just like oh my god. Um, but a lot of people, even with the Twitch clips, they don't understand why people do that. And I'm like, well, why do you think? First of all, why Where? Why are people? Why would you think people would watch you on Twitch? Oh, well, because it's me streaming on there. Okay, how does someone find you? Oh, they, they, they just find me. Yeah. Okay, how? You stream in the music category. Yeah. And they scroll to your name. That's based on how many viewers you have. So if you have 10 viewers, how do they find you? You know, I, I'll just put yeah. more hours in. No. <laughs> yeah. You need ways to get it. And that's what Twitch clips do on YouTube. YouTube provides the discoverability for your Twitch channel, actually. Yeah. That's how it grows that. You don't just sit there and grind the hours unless you're doing something really unique and special. But we all know that we us sitting here and fucking looking at music is not unique and special. I, I made that mistake when I first started. And I, I think I told you this, but when, when the pandemic started and we couldn't tour anymore, mm -hmm. YouTube was never a thought ever it was twitch oh, yeah. it was i'm gonna i fucking play destiny every day right <laughs> i'm gonna stream myself playing destiny because there's these other guys that have four thousand people watching at a time when they play destiny so i'm gonna do that hmm. i just thought it was that easy i was a fucking idiot like <laughs> i i seriously i was like i'm gonna start a twitch i'm gonna stream games and people are gonna watch and i'm gonna make money and it's gonna be sick dude right. i did it for like a month and i think my average viewers was two like and I and I really started rethinking and then you know I had a friend give me the idea about YouTube and then huh. what am I going to do on YouTube and then it's like and I'll fully admit it's like well reactions are really popular but what's going to but luckily I approached that in the mentality of what sets me apart from everybody else thank you and like, that's where everyone fails I think is yeah. they and they can again and yeah sure the algorithm has a play in things right yeah. like it's sometimes you'll get lucky and sometimes you just won't but it's this mentality of something didn't do well, well, I just got unlucky. And that's, you are failing instantly. You are setting yourself up to fail every time instead of, and I, I take this job that I do very as a psychological thing of mm -hmm. like, why would I watch this? Where would, how would I find this? Exactly. Like it's, it's not that crazy because people don't realize the algorithm a lot of the time is based on human fucking behavior and consumption. Yeah. So. If you analyze human behavior and consumption and how people do and why you're doing this, like I have reactors all the time hitting me up. Nick, I do reactions to Electric Callboy and Bring Me and they do well and then I do my own and it gets like 50 views. And I'm like, 
Well, why the fuck do you think that is? Yeah. Well, it's be- I don't know. I got unlucky. No, it's because somebody fucking because your video for Bring Me got in the algorithm for Bring Me and the SEO, and people are just binge watching Bring Me, so yeah. yours shows up. And if you react to anything else, no one's necessarily subscribing for you because you're not actually adding any fucking value to what you're doing or something unique. Whereas that's 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 why that's happening. A lot of like, so many people are fucking that up so poorly that it's sad. And it's like, well, would you even watch your own fucking video, right? Yeah. Like, and if well, you that wouldn't, was, then... that was that was the thing for me. It was like I enjoy watching. Re- we watched a lot of reactions when we were on like tour, like right. on the tour bus board after a show. We'd fucking be like, yeah, hey. Let's watch this hip hop head react to Demolisher. It'll be funny. Like, Love Alex. <laughs> oh, I was actually, honestly, I was specifically thinking of Tulip Mafia when I just said that. Oh, <laughs> shit. Okay. Because, because who, I said this to Alex when we did our video recently. Right. Who doesn't want to see a fucking Southern hip hop producer right. dude that doesn't listen to metal react to the most ridiculous thing that's come out this yeah, year? Yeah. That's it's a concept. entertaining. Exactly. So when I started doing reactions, I was like, what do I want to see in reactions? And what's going to set me apart? So I was like, well, yes. I'm in the unique position that I've never seen. I've seen I've seen bands and musicians react to things, but I've never seen like a fucking guitar tech react to things and talk about shit. So yeah, that was my thought process on that. And even admittedly, though, it gets stale after a while. Like, yeah. that's why I'm starting to think to myself now. It's like, what do I do now that's going to be the next evolution of my content? Because I could keep cranking out reaction after reaction in the same format, talking about gear and production. At what point does that get stale? Because it's like, that's kind of why I started doing those like basic ass reactions on Twitch because it's like, okay, everybody wants to see me react to this band, whatever band it is. Right. But I've covered this band fucking 10 times on my main channel. They use the same gear in every video. At this point, it's just monotonous that I keep naming the same shit that they're using. Yeah. So I'm just, you know, people want to watch the reaction, so I'm just going to make it and not put the time into talking about everything because it's been talked about fucking to no end, you know? Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's, dude, there are things that I see that I want to do, and I should probably get over this. I feel like all content creators do, but like I see you doing things sometimes that Mm -hmm. I'd be like, man, I want to do that. But Mm -hmm. I also don't want to just fucking copy it. You know what I mean? Like, well, that's the th- it's if when you come in it with a unique perspective and you add a different value to the conversation, right? That's that's the thing that acts that's 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 innovating, and then that adds to it, right? Because this is what I see a lot of is a lot of copy pasta. But if you just if people copy pasta without adding anything, then it actually deteriorates and saturates. Is if you copy pasta and you add to it, you now elevate this thing together, yeah. right? That's what I want to see more of in, in, in like the reaction scene is more elevation because like I said, much love to all my react homies. I haven't been inspired watching a metal YouTuber since like Jared Dines. <laughs> like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I really, it's actually watching you is probably the last one because like you actually try different stuff. And I love how you're in the Euro scene. Like to me, you're the Euro fucking tech Dude. And, reactor guy and knowing and, your niche on fucking content is, yeah. i've learned is invaluable because dude i talk to other reactors all the time like right. we all we all do we all behind the scenes we at least if, even if we don't really know each other yeah we at least talk here and there and i see people a lot like on discord when we talk they're like man i you know i did the same reaction why is it not doing well oh my god and it it's like headache when i hear it tank <laughs> yeah and it's Fuck, like man. You know, I, I don't know. I don't have the answers. 
I, I'll help you. Ready? Okay. So you did the same reaction, and let's. What? What? what the, give me the parameters here. Like, give me numbers. Like sub numbers. This. Give me parameters. I'll explain exactly. Well, it, it varies a lot. A lot of the right. different reactors I talk to are all different sub counts, but it's like, you know. But it's fucking really quick though with sub counts. It's all over the board because, for example, I currently have like a hundred and forty-ish thousand mm. subscribers, and there's been a couple reactions I've done lately. That have had the same, if not more, views than some people that have 500,000 subscribers more than me. Yeah. But then there's other people that may have 100,000 less than me, and mm. their videos do similar numbers as well, depending on the genre or what it is. But real quick, going back to the niche thing is, I feel like, actually, when I just said I don't have the answers, that was the point I was going to make, and I fucking lost my train of thought. <laughs> a lot of these a lot of these other reactors that I talk to are like, well, man, I, I keep doing all these different genres and all these different things. I was like, well, the thing that I learned to develop for myself, and I don't know if this would work for everybody, but I found that category that works for me that I like. And what you just said, the European market is kind of my thing. Yeah. I like European metal a yeah. lot. I grew up on it. I really enjoy it. And there's a lot of discovery because there's such a different split between the North American market and the Euro market. Yes. That there's so many bands that nobody gets to hear of here. So that's why I keep checking out these like obscure Finnish yeah. and German and Swedish bands. That's my market. My market is this fucking American roadie checks out all these European metal bands. Yeah. And that's what I tell all these other reactors. They're like, well, I, you know, I check out electric cowboy but then i also check out fit for a king and then i did the new motionless and white but then i also threw in the new katy perry song i was like see that's the problem is like not everybody is into that shit and not but, a lot of those people return back to it because they don't know when the next time you're going to put out a reaction they like is yeah and you ha there has to be like logical cohesion in some ways like mm -hmm. it has to be like you can't that's the thing you can do that you can go from like but you have there has to be this weird connecting concept between checking out Katy Perry and Slaughter, yeah. right? That makes it make sense. Like you have to like whatever country reactor. Like it has to be someone that both of those styles are two extremes, but even extremes for them that it's like, what the fuck, right? Or something that c connects those two where they can relate. Be like, yo, this Katy Perry song is not too different from the Slaughter song, and then you're just like, wait, how? Right. Yeah, and even yeah. there's, your, there's your fucking title. You're welcome. Someone just got 200,000 views. All right. Yeah. Um, who are fucking watching? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, but you have to make the connection and actually do that from a perspective, like produce, you know, you can be a producer guy or something and be like, um, fucking Katy Perry's produ production is actually the same as uh, like, I don't know, Slaughter Prevail, right? Like, I don't, I don't think it is, but like, you know what I mean? Like making yeah. this some, somehow actually meld that makes sense. That makes you intrigued that otherwise like you probably have a metal main audience well now they'll check out even if they don't like Katy perry they're going to be curious yeah. to want to check it out instead of just like oh i reacted to this now i react to this who the fuck cares yeah. like no one it's i just, think yeah. i i think that's why like um the hip-hop dudes that react to stuff are so popular because yes if you get a person that's just into hip-hop that's like all they've listened to ever but now they're checking out metal that's interesting people want to see it but then they're checking out maybe country that's yeah. interesting. People will watch it. Exactly. For, for me, it's kind of hard too because I've been a metalhead my entire life. So all these things that people ask for, it's like, 
I every day I get a comment, dude. You have to react to Duhast. I'm like, fucking heard that shit when I was eight years old, bro. I Apparently, Ramstein plays so again. loud you can hear it ten miles away. So dude. even if you're not there, you'll hear it. So there's a lot of stuff even for me. I'm like, I know if I film a reaction to this, it's gonna yeah. get bonkers views. Yeah, but I just can't because yeah. there's no way I'm gonna be able to fake or or feel good about myself being like. Hey guys, this is like I'm a lifelong metalhead, and this is my first time <laughs> hearing Duhas. Like no fucking yeah. chance. Um, what you just reminded me of a good parallel connection with the mm -hmm. production talk. I realized recently. So uh, Sabaton a couple years ago, they had a really cool thing that they did on tour where they were releasing live performance videos right. from the vantage point on stage. So normally when That's you get live videos, the cameras are in the crowd or whatever. Their videographer on tour would literally just walk around on stage and the shot is from behind the band members seeing the crowd very fucking unique and cool yeah yeah all of electric cowboys new videos are like that all their live performances and then i i i it didn't didn't realize it until i looked at the credits but their electric cowboys touring videographer uh christian hmm. is sabaton's tour videographer there you go he splits yep. time between both bands so when i made that connection i was like Holy shit, this is fucking wild because these two bands have this weird connection that you would probably never expect. Right. I feel like that's what you heard a car horn out there. Somebody's trying to pick you up. <laughs> How did you hear it? Holy shit, this mic picks up. Dude, these mics pick up everything. When I edit these podcasts, I have to mute so much audio because you will hear a fucking dog bark that neither <sighs> of us heard that this microphone will pick up. Oh my God, that's fucking crazy. But going to what you're talking about, about um, like, you know, Katy Perry has similar to production to Slaughter. Right. That reminded me of that moment. Yeah. I was like, Electric Cowboy and Sabaton share the fucking same videographer. You though that's the thing. You have to make like you have to make people think or or curious. And it's like this is just I see a lot of this, and it's that's why it's saturating it and it's diminishing the value overall. And people are just farming, which is great, but you gotta do some things outside the box to add value back to this thing, or it's just gonna go like this, and then no one's gonna fucking care. Like you just you have to find a unique approach in some way like why like you just sitting there unless you're super entertaining just watching someone no one fucking who cares like that's the thing you need to have a unique perspective a unique yeah. something that people go oh i just watched this i can't wait to see what this person says about it which is also tough because then a lot of reactors misinterpret that, and then I've seen a lot of egos in the reaction scene, and they oh, yeah. just think, well, they'll just want to see it because it's me. <laughs> Dude, I, I, full full honesty, I, I used to have that. <laughs> no, when I, seriously, when I first started right. this channel, I feel like my channel took off really quick. Right. I was I was at 100,000 subs in about a year, and I got this this stupid inflated ego where I was like, like fucking, I hit it, man. Like, this yeah. is just like my content's better than everybody's people want to hear my opinion more than everybody else. And a lot of that admittedly was to do with a lot of the people that I was hanging out with. Hmm. Um, the early group of friends that I made on YouTube, when you surround yourself with a certain kind of personality and stuff, you kind of start turning yeah. into that too. And it wasn't until like, you know, late last year that I really got away from that where I was like, this is the way I've been thinking about this is really dumb. Like, my, my content isn't any more special than anybody else's. And, you know, it's not like this shouldn't be a competition where, like, 
I want people to just see a reaction from me and not go watch it somewhere else because that's not happening. People are watching right. it all over. They're not just going to see a reaction from you and then be like, yeah. well, I'm not going to watch anybody else react to this because I've already seen Nick do it. No, they're going to go watch other people do it because people genuinely yeah. like to see those responses. Well, the thing with you, though, too, is like, even if that was the case, you still had something unique, right? It's like yeah. people did want to watch you because you had the unique perspective. It was built in, right, with, with your tech, right, and actually exploring yeah. and analyzing that way. Right. So it was a unique perspective in that sense already built in with what you were doing. So people did want to watch it. And plus your personality, too. It's just you're relatable. You, it has it's contagious. You want to watch. Right. But that's like you said, I, I literally still to this day release my videos as if I am not releasing them as me. Like I'm, I watch them and I'm like, pretend I'm not here. Would I watch this? Yes. Is, is the content actually good? Not just is the Nick Nocturnal brand pushing it, which it helps. It, it helps. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, yeah. For but sure. I don't release videos in that way. Like people aren't just going to watch this because of this. Because if, if that was the case, I would just say Nick Nocturnal reacts to insert whoever the fuck cares. Yeah. I don't put my name in any of the reaction titles because yeah. I don't think that's actually the, a good driving force. That's just me milking my brand. Exactly. That's, right? that's, that's the reason I, I put roadie reactions on everything and not tank the tech. Because yeah. I, I feel like that also limits um, who's going to watch your content. That it limits it the, the people that know your name are going to click it, but anybody else is just going to be like, who exactly. the fuck is this guy? Exactly. That's why I just literally did a reaction to Chris Turner, right? And I said, the best modern metal drummer, question mark. I didn't put my fucking name anywhere in it. You'll see my dumbass face. There's all you need. I, you don't even know if it's Chris Turner. You see the picture. It makes you curious. You want to click. Right. But also if I even I even went the step further, if I limited it to Chris Turner, well, it's just gonna be people who already know Chris. And I wanna, you know, Chris just released a sick fucking album. I wanna help push it a bit further. So like I just wanna get drummers to watch this and be like, Oh, who's this fucking dude? Right? Yeah. Um, and push it like that. And the concept is, oh wow, this is supposed to be shocking. This is the best modern metal drummer. Really? Are you sure? It makes yeah. you curious, right? It's not just fucking Nick Nocturnal reaction, Chris Turner. Like, like, sure, it'll get clicks but it's not going to do anywhere near as close to this. It's just yeah. not because it's, you know, I'm banking off my brand and it's, it's like the, sure the brand helps, but I rather make the content good and then the brand help push it after help yeah. elevate it. Right. Instead of here's the brand. Oh, because I have fucking 20,000, 30,000, 40,000, 50,000 subscribers, people are going to click it and then they'll just watch the content. And it doesn't matter. I can do whatever I want. Right. Like, because you can do that. But you are farming your brand and milking it, and you diminish the value every time you farm your brand. That is literally why, even on my socials, when I release a new video, I actually don't post like everywhere. I, I don't because I'm like, I want all my socials to be content. I don't want them to be, even though it's me sharing content, it still feels like I'm kind of milking this, um, milking my brand and diminishing the value of when I do want to make a post. So now when I have something important like Termina, right, coming out, people know, oh shit. Nick is actually typing words right now. Like, this is serious. He has something that is going to intrigue us, that he has something important to say. I'll actually care because he hasn't milked his fucking brand for the last fucking six months doing the same copy-paste fucking thing. I actually care now what he says with his brand. And it's like, hey, new Termina, this is like legit shit. Let's fucking go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So God that's damn, the dude. perspective and approach I've taken with all this. And again, for me, it's worked so much better. And it's like, I see 
like it, it's it's different it adds value it gets people again right now people are going to watch the chris turner video and who are curious who are just drummers and maybe it'll get some drummers into metal but if i just title that nick nocturnal reacts to chris turner that's that's so no one first draw do people know he's a drummer well if they know he's a drummer they already know who he is and they know he's a metal guy and they already know his capability like you know what i mean it's just like yeah it's a lot of psychology in that sense and i don't want to milk my brand i want to elevate it and help it push all the content with the content still being good and i fucked up sometimes i'm like i release a video and i'll watch it and i'll be like this video kind of fucking sucked <laughs> i've had that happen yeah. yeah and i'm like damn i fucked up and whatever you learn you move on and that's it you, you just get better and better and try to make content and i know it's such a cheesy cheeky thing to say content is still fucking king when doing this mm-hmm it still is. And yeah. I think it literally always will be because content is how you relate to consumer and how you you as a consumer yourself want to watch this stuff. So if you don't want to watch your own shit, why the fuck are you even posting it in the first place, to be honest? For sure. God, listening to you talk about this stuff always makes me think about it so much more. Like, I feel like, man, I need to I need to just get back to like the roots when I first started, like when mm-hmm. I was really like scraping and trying to build because I right. had this mentality where it was like every video I made I wanted to treat it like it was the, it, uh, or have this mentality of this is the first time somebody's going to see one of my videos because yes. let's, let's face it. Yes. L- let's face it. That is true. On every video we post, there's probably at least one person that is seeing your content for the very first time. Right. So when I do videos, I never want to just assume that people already know me or going to know something about the band or stuff. That's why yeah. most of the time, like I still introduce myself in my videos just so people know or um if i say something that's very specific to the viewers of the channel i'll be like um some of you that follow my channel may already know this but and then explain for the people that don't and there are some times where i feel like i lose that again where i probably need to just get back to that because you know i i don't feel like i've been lazy with my content but at the same time i think my mentality's changed a little where i probably need to switch it up and change it back i do i've been like i said i've been doing this for eight almost not oh my god almost so fucking years, crazy fuck my dude. life right so it's <laughs> like i've i had to learn this by doing this and by doing all the fuck ups and by failing a lot. and i still fail a lot today like you know trying stuff and being like ah I fucked up damn let's learn from it move on why didn't that work well okay i kind of get it let's try let's do it better next time but that's what I've learned doing all this stuff is just like, why are people watching? Like, I love YouTube. I love metal. Would I watch this? Do I want to be a part of this? Yeah. I'm a, I am want to be a part of the community, not to fucking milk the community because I want to add value to the community because I am, I, I, I love the community. You know what I mean? And that's such a healthier mindset than I ever had before of, oh, I got to do this YouTube thing. And like, you know, I'm Nick Nocturnal. Like, no, fuck that shit, dude. Yeah. Like, you got to put a video and the content's got to be intriguing and interesting. That's how, that's where do, actually doing a lot of stuff on Twitch. And I started to transcend and realizing how the Twitch stuff, when I, that was the forefront, only that was like, this is interesting. It's not something I normally maybe go into, but me as a metalhead, I'm intrigued. So like, wouldn't it make sense that maybe other metalheads would be intrigued, even if it's not the norm of what they would talk about. Right. I'm like, yeah. well, I'm really intrigued. So like, I'm passionate about it. So let's share it. And because of that, while I'm talking, I'm you can see the passion and I, you know, you can see the weird noises I make and all that shit. But that's just natural me as a fan. And that can be contagious. And then when I start to see that be put on the clips channel and people really liking that content because it was just raw. It was natural. And I was like, huh, I guess they're like, yeah, that makes sense. Like content, passion 
and that first and then who the fuck cares what my brand is like literally sub numbers if i if i ever needed a better example of sub numbers not mattering clips channel has one tenth less less of my subs on my main channel they get more views on some videos than i do dude and it's funny how your twitch clips channel has has taken out a life of its own already because like yeah. even uh two days ago when i was talking to alex mm-hmm. and i was telling him about your video about the fox news thing and he goes is that on his main channel or Twitch Clips channel? <laughs> like, he already knew to ask. Like, you know. Yes, people hit me up all the time, yeah. and they think it's this, and, and that's cool. Like, I like yeah. that they they're like, I don't care where you watch it. Like, yeah. that's cool. Like, that's fucking sick. And that, it's, I mean, I gotta admit too, that video, I was fucking, I was, I was laughing so hard that even my wife like came in the other. Oh, room. really? Like, what are you watching? <laughs> she's sorry. She's been texting me. That's why I've been looking down. Oh she's no, worries, like, no worries. She's like, hey, I'm starving my ass off. <laughs> so I'm like. <laughs> eat something um i was like now nah, we'll be done soon we'll go get fucking taco bell or something i don't know nice <laughs> um but uh yeah it's i i just we don't have to talk a lot about that because everybody already has but dude that fucking watching you react to that fox news thing was so goddamn funny because hmm. everything that you said pretty much was like the internal reaction that i had when i first right. saw it because i was like you know um i, I fucking Talking about this made me think about um, Ronnie really quick, by the way. This goes right. on to our, our conversation we were just having. Right, right. Ronnie did a reaction to my last Falling Reverse single. Uh-huh. And then he was looking at my other video. He goes, I bet this video does really good. Let's look. And he sees on the sidebar. He goes, damn, he's got another reaction that just did has like 180,000. And he goes, oh, it's Rammstein, though, guys. And he goes, Rammstein's like the biggest band in the world. So yeah. it's like, <laughs> dude, you don't think I fucking don't know that? Like, come on, dude. Like... Like the way he said it was so like kind of and nothing. I love Ronnie and yeah. it, but the way he said it was like it's like oh you know let's let's not talk it up too much because it's it's mm. Rammstein. It's like I know that right. I already know that dude. I knew before I even filmed that fucking reaction that that was gonna be the biggest video of the week when I posted it. And yeah. any re- anybody that does YouTube knows that they fuck your oh, yeah. reactions. They yeah. know. We fucking know. Like, well, it's the thing that's hype. Like, it's the thing that's hype. It's the thing that makes sense with what you do, right? And it's the thing yeah. where your fan base is. And again, that's why, like, even it's like Spirit Box comes out. I'm like, okay. Oh, <laughs> like, that, like, that fucking new dude, single, dude. So good. It's so good. I was, I was blown away. I, because yeah. I, I, admittedly, I saw Spirit Box put something new out. I was like, I got to jump on this. Like, yeah. I, I have to get this done. And right when the song started out, I was like, oh, this is different. And then, like, literally, I think by the end of the video, you could see it in my face. I was like, this is fucking incredible, dude. Yep. I even, and the Holy P, I actually think the next song on that little single they released, uh, Sew Me Up, I like that song better than Rotoscope. Hmm. Like, it's so good, dude. Yeah, they know what they're doing. And that's the thing is, like, it's as a consumer, I was excited. And that's where I'm like, well, yeah, like, I know my audience will probably be fucking excited, too. Same thing with... Lorna or whatever like i know whenever bring me's next single comes out you know you, you're intrigued you're yeah. curious i know I've, i could do a reaction i'm sure it'll get some you know fun numbers <laughs> i had a i had a thought recently and mm. i i, I want to bounce it off you and see what you think because okay. i've had i've spirit box has mixed feelings from people um, that's just because people don't like when people do well <laughs> it's, it, it's that and it's like i've seen comments where people are like I only really like spirit box when they go mega heavy where it's all screaming like holy roller right. and stuff like that i've also had people on my discord that are like, what is it about spirit box? They're like, cause they're like, they're good, but it's like, it's not really my thing. Mm. It hit me the other day. I, I feel as though spirit box is the new Deftones. 
not that they're replacing them, but it's similar in a way to Deftones for me, where, because you look at Deftones discography, right. they've always been considered a metal band, mm-hmm. even though I don't know if I would quite call Deftones a metal band, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, their discography is so wild because there are those songs that can get really heavy. Yeah. But then there are those very ambient, vibey, flowy things, you know, where um, Chino does do those very airy, atmospheric vocals. And that's a lot of what I heard on the new Spirit Box. And a lot of my friends have always been split on Deftones because there's some people that are like, oh, I I like them when they're really heavy, but I don't like them when they do the singing and stuff like that. Right. And even the vibe that I was just getting from the new Spirit Box was like, this reminds me of like White Pony. This is like yeah. their like White Pony Deftones uh, era. I, I'm just, I don't know. Maybe that's a personal thing just because of my right. relationship with Deftones' music. But I, I just came to that conclusion recently that like Spirit Box is, is doing kind of like, they have the same place in the music industry that Deftones had in the early 2000s. Right. I uh, I think I, that's a fun parallel to Deftones. I would agree with that to a point. Mm-hmm. But I also... Uh, I started to realize something when it comes because this is a new thing bands are doing is they're doing the softy of softs and the heaviest of heavies right now why does that work right and it's like because it's fulfilling something that's been missing in a lot of music and a lot of the things that people do complain about which they it's it's really weird because a lot of people complain oh it's not heavy or it's not this or it's this or it's it's too generic and sellouty or whatever right and I started to realize a lot of that stuff maybe is very um, simple. And what's the thing that's making it simple versus something like a band that's doing like it's really heavy and very like chill, 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 like ballady types of like spirit box. But you listen to that and you'll be like, you know, so some people call it generic still, but like you'll be like, why can I listen to Constance and then Holy Roller next to each other as a metalhead? Mm-hmm. Because they're both still heavy. Just yeah. emotionally heavy. Exactly. And that's, that's what I some... said about that one too. Yeah. And metalheads, I think, are a lot more emotional than they are given credit for and Dude, connect with emotion a lot more. I think metalheads are the most emotional people yeah. of yeah. the people that listen to music, for sure. <laughs> and that's where it's like, that's why if you can pull it off, right? Because there's always a stick, because there's bands that try to do and you know they'll do the butt rock song or whatever and that's because it's there isn't it's not emotional it's not emotionally connecting it's just softer and then people do get mad because they're like yeah. well this is just it's not heavy anymore and they say that's the reason why right well Instead that's of why it being like well it's because it's not emotionally connecting like you watch constance as a metal you want to fucking cry just as I, much as you watch Lord ashore or something like that and you hear the symphonies and you're like why am i kind of sad but also this is aggressive and heavy as fuck and why can i listen to them next to each other and it's weird but it works, and that's because there's actual emotions going on yeah. that you can connect to. Well, that's why, in my, in my opinion, I know I know we've talked about this band here and there, but like Nightwish, right? Like, regardless, <laughs> yeah, right. regardless of what I said about them on my copyright video and stuff, yeah, I really fucking love that band. Mm. I love their music, and the reason I love their music is because of the emotion. Yeah, it's while they do are considered a metal band because they have heavy they do have some fucking ripping moments in some of their stuff the majority of their music is driven by emotion and feel and i think that's why they have such a a dedicated fan base is because those people are able to emotionally connect with that music that music becomes more than just something they like listening to it becomes a soundtrack to their actual lives yes they can tie emotions they're having 
with those specific songs. And I pers- I have songs like that. Like mm-hmm. I can remember certain parts of my life or if I was going through emotional turmoil or something like to this day, Come Clarity by In Flames is a difficult album for me to listen to because of where I was in my headspace at the time right. it came out and I was listening to it. Gotcha. Like, that's the emotional connection that people can make with metal and other types of music that I think is really fucking cool. Yeah. Like, I agree with you completely. And I think a lot of bands, when they see a band do something, like, uh, Bring Me, Sam Paternal's always kind of brought up, right? That, to me, is like peak emotion core if anything oh, like dude. i wouldn't even say it's metal core that's emotion core mm-hmm. right there that they're going and that's why it's la- stand the last stood the test of time whereas when bands started to copy paste it the bands didn't have like the same emotional equivalents they just had all the other stuff right they had the sure same chord progressions and all that and maybe the synth sounds but they didn't connect with it in the same emotional level so when people heard that stuff it was like this is just sellout boring bullshit right a lot yeah. of the times and that's yeah and i i get where that perspective comes from and then it creates this weird idea of like oh well but you need to be heavy as a metal band and whatnot which i don't think has ever actually been true you just need to actually be emotional so if you're Mm -hmm. getting heavy you need to be emotionally heavy and if you're fucking going calm and chill you got to make people almost want to fucking cry you know you got to make people feel and then those worlds come together and you can play both songs live and it'll actually fucking work because it just makes people feel which I feel like a lot of bands, like I said, they'll see something successful happen, not realize that it was because there was an emotional backing, copy paste all the other parts of it, and then fail at doing it, and then saturate the market with this emotionless version of the thing that was the thing yeah. that got big because it was very emotionally connecting. Yeah. Right. And, and then it becomes generic, right? And that's yeah. where it's like, oh, another architect song but you listen to fucking architects gone with the wind that's one of the most uh, bro i saw them play that shit live i almost cried it was yeah. beautiful but yeah. then you hear all the other bands copy pasting that sound and you're just like they can't really or doomsday right same thing like oh yeah you hear bands copy pasting and you're like that now this sounds generic and it's like well yeah because they don't have the same emotional at that level that exactly does it even even if a band tries to copy exactly what somebody's done let's say they fucking cover the song yeah (laughs) let's say they just cover a song that band may just not have they they don't have the same emotions in relation to that song that the original band wrote it doesn't mean the same to them it's not going to be delivered the same like exactly and that's exactly what you're saying it just doesn't work it's like even if you try and mimic a style of another band it may not be suited well because you may not have that same emotional delivery that the original yes. band has been putting into it. Like, yes. dude, and I, there's, there's, and there's kind of a shitty, I think the, the stigma is going away in metal, but mm-hmm. metal for a very long time was like tough guy shit. A lot of the older, <laughs> yeah. a lot of the older generation, um, maybe I would say a little older than me. And even mm-hmm. some metalheads of mine that are my age, they still are like that tough guy. Like, I mean, dude, the first time I heard um, And I Returned to Nothingness uh, mm-hmm. from Lorna Shore, like I straight up had like tears right. listening to that because of the emotional connection that I had with what I was hearing. Just for right. whatever reason, it struck an emotional chord with me. And I had dudes in the comments that were like, look at this fucking gay dude crying over a song. Oh, and it's like, you know, I was like, and there's there still is that tough guy mentality where it's like, yeah metalheads are in a weird conflicting zone because it's like they don't want to they think they're too tough to show emotion sometimes but at the same time they are mega emotional yes 
<laughs> yes. like, and so I also funny. think this is a big reason why the trap stuff does so well that we were talking about earlier because it's like it's so raw that like it, the emotion is the only thing that can carry it through yeah. and people just relate to it like that's the thing it's more relatable instead of just all the other parts that can be easily replicated right copy pasted like it's the actual emotion attached to it and you feel that and it feels unique and it's like that's that's what's special and that's how bands can pull off chill shit and the heavy heavies in the same fucking album and bands are always scared to try it because they 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 i think just the perception of how to do it is is always well it's either you heavy or soft instead of make this emotionally stimulating and you'll be fine and yeah. make it engaging and encapsulating and something unique in that sense and you can do whatever the fuck you want on this spectrum as long as you introduce it somewhat earlier in your band i would say because i feel like a lot of bands also start out as one thing and then they build a fan base of the one thing and that's really hard for them to branch out obviously yeah. right but a lot of these modern metal bands it seems like motherfucker you'd be able to better be able to do a ballad and a deathcore anthem <laughs> like it's yeah. gonna be everything in between it's, it's you know well like back to in flames is an example i remember when like uh come clarity i think if i'm mm. not mistaken come clarity was in flames is like mainstream breakthrough album i believe that was their first number I think one so. in sweden i believe it was their highest charting album in the u.s as well right um a sense of purpose might have been higher in the u.s but i'm not sure but anyways they had some songs on that album that were ballady yeah and a lot of these fucking metalheads were like this is fucking lame like these guys are you know gothenburg fucking mellow death and now they're doing ballads i was like dudes They've always had shit like this. Every right. fucking, almost every album In Flames has ever put out has had some like acoustic song or something like that. Like they've been doing it forever. And I, it was, I just get so blown away sometimes these excuses that people come up with to say something is like not heavy or this is too mm. soft and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you go back. But you know, as we were talking about earlier, In Flames is one of those bands that's been around for so goddamn long, yeah. but some people did discover them around the time come clarity came out mm. you know so that's a cool conversation in terms of what is old to some people because when yeah. people told me that the new in flames sounds like you know old in flames yeah to me that's something completely different that was my than, title <laughs> then than, yeah no totally yeah. but that to me that term old in flames is something completely different to the person that may have discovered them in 2004 or five. Exactly. And 100%. I think that's just really cool though, is like yeah. that perception of the sound based on when you actually discovered a band, because mm -hmm. yeah, there are, you know, there are some bands that I was fucking way late on, like oh, yeah. really fucking late on, like even discovering them on YouTube recently, like, mm um yeah it's just it, it's wild seeing like people's perception of that sound especially since i just re released the reaction to that because you know again to me that's like 90s 90s gothenburg right. mellow death but that song to me it it all made sense when i said this song to me sounds like two like early mid 2000s era in flames and so many people were like yeah but that's when i discovered them and i was like okay it right, makes right. sense it all makes sense then you know yes. so yeah it's dude that that era of music is so fucking good like i that's oh. to me is the golden age of like the, the early 2000s melodic death metal meets metalcore and like dude. all those bands that yeah. started coming out and even to tying to emotion it's so funny like it's always been a complaint in metalcore like all these like like clean singing and, and shit like that right it's like oh why does it have to why do they have to do clean singing and then you go to the actual goaded metalcore song of all time 
kill switch engage my curse and howard's beefy ass voice and it's like you think of that and you're like well why is this an ex you know why does this work why is this the exception you're like oh because his emotion and the voice and everything and the instrumental is just like breathtaking and it, it takes you to this next level and it's like wow yeah like this is this is fucking crazy even like end of heart does end of heartache have clean um screen so i was actually just gonna say this is funny about the conversation we were just having about our frame of reference from things right i wouldn't even say my curse is their emotional song i would say it's the end of heartache okay got you like yeah, no yeah. that and that's just frame of reference like right i um I grew I was I was a diehard metalhead in high school in that era that Killswitch was like blowing up. Gotcha. So their first album and then their second album, which then had Howard on it, yeah. Is like those two albums to me are some of the best fucking American metalcore albums ever. And then around the same time too, um fuck, uh what was the what was this the second album from Azalea Dying that had confined and shit like that on it? Um, you meant to say the top ten metalcore album of all time. Um, I mean, uh, Shadows Are Security. Shadows Are Security, dude. I'll tell you right now, and I've had this conversation with people. Um, I've kind of fell out with Azalea Dying just because of the whole Tim thing, thing but that's <laughs> yeah. that's personal opinion and preference. I don't yeah. mind that people are still into all their shit. I I still listen to the old albums. Yeah, but dude. The first time I ever heard Azalea Dying, the first song I ever heard by Azalea Dying was fucking 94 Hours. And the first time oh, I heard that, shit, I was like, okay. holy fuck. Like, 94 Hours goes hard. After that second verse, when Jordan goes into that unruly fast double kick pattern, that was the mm -hmm. first time I had been like, I heard that in Metalcore where I was like, God damn. Mm -hmm. Like, and then, yeah, Shadows of Security. Fucking, I mean, you talk about an album with like, with emotion, like confined. The first time I heard that song, by the time I got to the chorus, I was like, holy fuck, dude. Dude, like through struggle. Oh, was, that dude. was my yo, my cousin knew what was up. So my, actually my intro to Metalcore was technically on Holy Confessions event sevenfold, because that is a metalcore. Yeah. yeah, Waking the Fallen fucks. Okay. Oh, Waking the um, Fallen is, in my opinion, their best album. <laughs> it's good. It's 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 it's, it's good. Yeah, yeah, um, I love it. So but what my like real intro to Metalcore that my cousin ever put on was through struggle. So that was my first intro to, and you can tell now this is my life. Is da 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 they the absolutely production. hold up. And when I, so around the 2000, so 2002 to 2005 was when I was in high school. Right. And at the time we were getting like, Azalea dying, hmm. kill switch engage. Um, you were starting to see the rise of the new American metalcore. Um, I, I wouldn't call them metalcore, but like Lamb of God was getting huge at the right, time right. too. Those were other albums that we were fucking banging all the time. Um, and then you had metal bands like Chimera. Like you go back now and listen to the Impossibility of Reason by Chimera. Holy fuck, is that a good album? Um, so many dude on Earth around that time. On Earth, dude. Yes. Fuck, Fucking, I, I um, just... dude. And talking about even emotion, all that remains with oh. even a song like like Fall Ideals in general, right? But like even a song like Six, a song that the bridge dude. is is not acoustic, but is a clean guitar part over this melodic death like the rest of the song's basically melodic death metal yeah. with some metalcore in it like i remember even i did a cover of that and it was so cool the biggest comment was always dude that middle part's beautiful yeah. on the metal on my metal channel about yep. metalcore everyone's like dude song's great but man that like little acoustic -y, like clean break is like next I, level dude i don't know how i didn't bring up all that remains earlier because that was another band at the time and actually i got into i got into them from um 
fuck, what was that? This Darkened Heart, their first major release. My first listen to All That Remains was not uh, This Calling or anything off Follow yeah. Ideals. It was actually Regret Not. Off no of way. Yeah. Yeah. That's that, dude, you listen to that song and I like I was encapsulated. I was like, this is beautiful. Like mm -hmm. I, I don't think I ever des described a metal song before that moment as beautiful yeah. of like the acoustic parts. And then the middle is this heavy epic thing with this crazy soul and then just the acoustic parts with all the soundscapes and i'm like yep wow that that's when i really realized like metal is more than just metal like this is an emotionally stimulating thing yeah that, like transcends what i is on paper i admittedly fell out of all that remains around their we are many the one yeah the one after that many or maybe that one uh i I love it. We Are Many actually goes pretty hard, but the one after I also kind of fell out a little bit of it. It just yeah. wasn't as much. And it has, it has nothing to do with the, the band or anything like that. It was just, yeah. it, there are certain times where there have been bands that I just never really kept up with uh, yeah, for, yeah. for whatever reason. But for my money's worth, um, This Darkened Heart and Fall of Ideals I, would, would definitely both be easily in my like favorite top 20 like metalcore albums when I was a teenager. I mean, so both of them. Dude, me and my buddy growing up um he had a, he had a drum set at his house and he played guitar this dude was so fucking good at guitar when he was like 13 years old okay. that he was playing in bands with like college students like metal like fucking heavy metal bands holy shit um and i used to go over to his house and we used to try and cover all of these songs that we loved and i i also play drums so we would right. try and cover like we'd be covering fucking Fear Factory, some of the easier kick pattern songs. Don't you know, like, <laughs> not Meshuggah Bleed. But we would cover um, uh, This Darkened Heart, the song by All That Remains, which right. just like the last track on that album, just fucking so fucking great. It's so good. Um, and then we'd do like Chimera and Azalea Dying and all this shit. And like, just there's something special for me about the age at that time and the emotional level I was at and stuff about discovering that music. Cause all, even if I don't listen to it a ton anymore now, mm. I could, I could turn one of those songs on right fucking now, even though I probably haven't heard them in a while and just be right back to that. Yeah. Just excitement of discovering them when I was a teenager, that era. And I love modern stuff too. You know, it's, it does this thing. That era is my favorite. Always. I don't think I will ever listen to music in my life again. That is, to me, as good as the stuff that came out during that exact yeah, era you're talking about. So good, dude. And like it's so good. And and I was on the other broad side of the spectrum too. Like while we had like the new wave of American heavy metal and metalcore rising over here and stuff, mm -hmm. I was listening to a lot of stuff from um the mellow death scene in Sweden too. Like In Flames at the Gates, Dark Tranquility, fucking all that shit too. Dude, Insomnia. Fucking uh, Insomnia. Insomnium? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh my um, God. Yeah, in Finland. I mean, dude, there were so many good bands from all over. Um, uh, Dimmu Borgir was one of my, yes. like, gateway bands into fucking metal over there and shit. So much so that, like, the first time I ever saw Behemoth live ever, the first time mm -hmm. I'd ever heard of Behemoth, mm -hmm. they were opening for Chimera on a tour in the U.S., and me and my buddies went, we were 18, I think, we went to um, this thousand cap club outside of Chicago, mm -hmm. and we only went to see Chimera. We had no right. idea who Behemoth was. And this was right when Behemoth's Demigod album came out. Okay. And they walk on stage. And I kid you not, I looked at my friends and I was like, who the fuck are these guys? Because like, <laughs> this was when they were in like 
like nowadays they're kind of like in rags and like a little yeah. less gauntlets and shit. Back then they were full fucking leather vests and gauntlets up their arms and corpse paint and shit. And I was like, right. okay, this is fucking lame. And then they started playing, and I think they opened that show with a song from Demigod called Slave Shall Serve, which for even for them is fucking heavy. Okay. And I, like, back in those days, I was a big mosh pit dude. We were in the middle of the gotcha. pit at every show. I, like, froze. I stood there for a whole song and was just like, Damn. what? Holy fuck. <laughs> like, right, right. And, like, it, it was... And then I've been following them ever since too. And you know, so, so much musical discovery in the early two thousands, dude, it's just so it, fun. It's the best fucking era, man. Yeah. And that's uh, like, I, I don't know. I, like I said, I don't think I'm going to, as long as I live, I don't, I don't know if there'll be an era ever better than that. And I know it's because of nostalgia too. Like you for said, sure, memories sure. mixed into it, but something about just the, the riffs during the time, the melodies, the idea, the, the emotion in every, in so many things, it was just like, yeah. wow, like this was, to me, just peak, peak fucking music. There's something interesting with the emotion in the vocals too back then. And there's something that yeah. um, Vicky brought up to me when I was talking to her on the podcast was nowadays you have all these vocalists in metal bands that are so well-trained and have so yes. good technique and stuff like that. Where back then it was a little more raw where yeah. a lot of these uh, vocalists, like they didn't have the technique, they didn't have the, the training. So some of their vocals in their their releases did come off as more raw. Like you could almost hear like um, how strange their voices were and the mm -hmm. air and their breath and stuff like that. And there's something about that for me that I think feeds a little more into the emotional aspect of it too. Like you yeah. you, you can hear on a record that, that they might be struggling. Like yes, <laughs> I I don't know if you're a fan of this band or even familiar, but do you have you ever really listened to Glassjaw? Not really. No, not really. So I had a phase in my life where I was, I loved Glassjaw and mm. I always found it funny with them that they were like really incorporated into like the fucking hardcore scene. Cause they're from mm. like New York or New Jersey or some shit. Right. Like dudes wearing flat bills and basketball shorts would show up to their shows and fucking do karate and shit. And like nobody would bat an eye, but they have, oh, no. they have like, like major ballady emotional songs. Mm. Their very first album they it was produced by somebody big. I can't remember if it was Ross Robin. Maybe it was Ross Robinson or Rick Rubin. It was somebody that has a double R name. Okay, um, <laughs> the double R. Yeah, they um, they had Daryl, their singer, do the entire last song in one take. Wow, like, this is a real thing. Like so, while the music was recorded like a normal album, and they probably cut and did tons of stuff, he had Daryl do the main vocal lines in one take because he wanted that emotion and just power to be there. And Daryl is a fantastic vocalist, but by the end of that song, cause there's so much screaming by the end of it, mm -hmm. you can hear his voice dead. You can hear it. You can wow. hear him gasping for breath to finish parts on the album. Like it's fucking, you talk it's about so cool. raw emotion on a recording, dude. It's fucking brutal. Yeah, doesn't happen as much anymore. Everything's no, pristine and no, super. Yep. You know that's just how that's just the new meta, man. That's just yeah. how it is nowadays. It doesn't happen as much. <laughs> so, um, 
we're i just realized we've been over fucking two hours already um <laughs> all good. dude this always happens like i was i told nick before we started i was like yeah we're not gonna be here as long as like the fucking youtube video we did so before before we go i did want to ask you about one specific thing as mm. well uh you recently took a trip to new york how did yeah. for 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 the coheed shit how did that go dude yeah, that was fucking great, man. I never leave my house um, other than to go to get groceries. So it was like going to a different country, you know, going to America was fun. I mean, I've been to America a couple of yeah, times, yeah. but like I never been to New York. Um, so, yeah, dude, it was it was great. It was like very fast. It was like two days in and out. Um, so, okay. you know, we prepared, we went and um, you knew like basically downtown Toronto is its own thing and it's busy and all that stuff. And there's the high rises. Uh, New York was that times 30. So I was oh. like, oh, wow. Like, this is yeah. what Toronto tries to be. <laughs> okay, yeah. I get it now. Um, but it was just really cool, man. It was cool to explore and, like, fucking go do the basic-ass tour touristy things. Like, go see Central Park and fucking, yeah. you know, go see the library and stuff like that. Fucking Times um, Square and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so it was really cool to do all that. But it was a business trip. So that's why it was cool. I still got to enjoy the touristy stuff while being like, oh, I got to go and do this coheed event and you know do, do all that stuff but yeah i went with i went with my girlfriend and we had a fucking crazy time and walked around a lot and then on friday was the actual event where again yeah coheed released their album and i was like kind of the host and twitch was trying this new thing basically of like hey like let's do this thing where you're like we get hosts and like release an album make it like this whole event and like nick you want to be the host and i was like okay <laughs> so yeah um yeah they flew me out there to do all this stuff and i got there and you know i'm a very on the fly dude like i'm honestly if i even have to remember sometimes an album name if i'm like doing something i fuck it up when i say <laughs> it like i'm really bad with that i was awful yeah. at school like with presentations because like it's I, i'm bad with it it's just it's unnatural and then as soon as your brain triggers oh i kind of did that wrong and then everything gets fucked so I, I you know it's like coheed they're so wholesome they're like the nicest dudes i think i've ever fucking seen in my whole life like actual wholesome like rock star guys and um they're, they're all also like all their fans that were there are like so wholesome so like they have like this very new album that's like very like um not not artsy but like very um there's a lot of depth to it like the art matter like you tell they care about the art they care about yeah. the story really intensely like and then you have this fucking dude that talks about breakdowns and metalcore all day about to come up here and kind of like do that so i was like Oh my god! So I go up, you know, and I I forgot the album name, which was great. So I just went through it. I was just like, "New Coheed album," and then that's when I was like, "Not gonna happen. Let's just yolo this shit. Let's be an entertainer. Let's make sure everyone has fun." And that's basically all I did. And the event itself was really cool, and they were all happy, which is all I really cared about. Um, yeah. So that was great. And then I got to meet with uh, a bunch of like industry people, which is so funny because. That was the, <laughs> yeah. and it did not I did not plan it like this. Yeah. It was the same day I released Nick Knock Industry. And that's Amazing. the day I'm meeting with all of like these really fucking cool like management label industry people that are like legends in the scene, you know, that work around Coheed, worked at Roadrunner and all this stuff. And it's the same day I, I fucking released that. I was like, <laughs> I don't know how this is gonna go. <laughs> that's awesome um, but it was great no one said much there was one there was a couple people i met that were that were really really cool and they were like hey we saw you release your song today it's doing really well and i'm like yeah because <laughs> <laughs> like that's i don't know awesome. it's like is this like a hey fuck you like, yeah yeah you never like know a, yeah yeah i was like thanks but then, no they were really nice and they actually really they did enjoy it and i was like that's crazy um but yeah it was just that crazy surreal kind of experience going there doing what i had to do exploring a bit with my girlfriend yeah and um yeah in in and out that's it and making new connections making new friends and trying something now i can actually say like for credentials i hosted something which is always you know yeah. a bonus fun thing but 
it was crazy because I, I I'm used to having my computer and everything with a release coming out, and that was also the craziest release week of my whole fucking life. So yep. it was like getting all that stuff done in time, making sure Nick Knox set to go because I'm not even home when it comes out. So I had to be on my phone during the mobile release, being like, Dude. go go check on the you know like mistyping really fast, like check on the song guys, it's out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then coming back and seeing again, it's like. Within one day, I was at like 120K, like beating what labels do. And I was like, yeah. that's funny as fuck. Um, and it just kind of coasting from there on kind of. It was it was a wild experience. And at the same time, I'm planning Termina, which again, Termina in itself coming out on July 8th will be wild because we have a drummer, which when is this coming out? I don't fucking care. Chris Turner's doing drums <laughs> for the whole album. Um, Chris Turner from Ocean's 8 Alaska is doing drums for the Oh, shit. Album. Yeah. I so think, like, I think this podcast is going to come out like maybe a day or two before that oh it'll be announcing but yeah I, I don't even care if you throw it out tomorrow to be honest like it's fine i tell my twitch people i always tell them when i'm streaming like little sneak peeks and generally yeah, yeah. so chris turner is doing drums for the whole album um Fuck. yeah it's so well, this is what we want because we did terminal one we self-produced and it did great for what it was supposed to do we were happy now we're like okay Let's level the fuck up. So how do we level up? First of all, let's just get better, right? Let's let's do more unique shit. Let's expand a bit more while building on the good shit we learned. So heavy, crazy, experimental, modern metal. And the new album that we're working on is, we kind of think of it like a modern metal jukebox. Like there's the Fall Valjarta song. There's the After the Burial meets uh, Math Rock song. There's the Doom and Mick Gordon meets Loathe song. You know what I mean? Like all of our passions and different styles we really like and infusing them in this way that's emotionally connecting. Um... And we're like, okay, so we have that under control. Now we need real drummer probably because I program drums for Terminal 1. Yeah. So we got Chris Turner and he's doing all the drums for every song. And how, oh, it leveled up. How did, how did that go? Did either of you know him already really well or was it like a random reach out? I kind of did because he's been doing his rollout and he released his album last Friday. Okay. Um, and um, yeah, like he, we've been talking back and forth because he hit me up as a, you know, doing reactions. And then we just got to be like pretty like good friends, like just talking back and forth. And he's like a really wholesome nice dude who's really talented yeah. like you know it's very rare you see someone who's really good and not a dick <laughs> yeah like, that doesn't happen so that blew my fucking mind but he's just like really good at what he does and he's just really nice and wholesome and, and chill as fuck so we became pretty good buddies um, in that sense and then i was like well we need a drummer and the first one i was like andy you know if we get chris like we win right and he was like, okay, like, let's try. Because Chris is a, he is a proggy metal drummer. And, like, we're doing modern metal, which has proggy elements. So we're like, well, how do we blend this? Going from basic E drums to, like, my fucking Chris Turner. So we got him on the first track just to kind of see how it happens. And this dude, holy shit, just transformed this song into this other being, which was wild. And this was before vocals were on it. Yeah. And we were like... So you're doing the whole album with us, right? <laughs> so, yeah. And um, yeah, that's kind of just how it went about. Like he was just down and um, he is, I'll, and I'll state this, I'll note this. So he is the natural drum dude. Everything natural, no samples, no triggers, no no gritting or anything. Nice. Now for this, and this ties to who we have mixing, um, he was very adamant on that and I respected it 100%. So I was like, we're going to try our best to make it all natural, right? Because you're the natural dude. Absolutely. Um, when it came to this and it came to mixing, to get the modern metal sound we were going for, our mixer said, we need to put a blended sample on the kick. And I was like, can we not? You know, because like, <laughs> it's, it's like, I want, it, I want it for Chris, right? We ended up going with the blended sample, just so people know. Chris was like, you know what? You guys hiring me to do this? It's not my band. Yeah, That's fine. 
So note to anyone out there, there is a blended sample on the <laughs> fucking kick. But Chris is still the very natural dude, and he'll, you know, he's very honest, and that's why I have a lot of respect for that. And I wanted to respect that because when do you yeah. find a natural drummer? You don't, right? No, never. Um, but anyways, so yeah, Chris is on the album. He's insane. He's he's doing crazy fucking shit, and we have Zach Servini mixing and mastering and doing. Pretend. Damn, dude. Yeah, so we're like, let's do it. Like, let's do it proper. So we're gonna get the modern metal producer and the modern metal drummer. Like, okay, let's go and see what the fuck happens. And um, yeah, working with Zach on the whole album too. Like we're still doing basically all the production and Zach's adding like little spicy things like yeah, yeah. fucking um, reverses and stuff like that. But like when it comes to writing, it's still just me, Chris and Andy. Um, and uh, he sent us back the first mix and I was like, yo, this ain't Termina no more. This is fucking Terminator. Like this is <laughs> <laughs> like, holy shit. It yeah. was again, it's oh, like, I'm it really feels like a new it, era. Yeah, like you, you've made me so excited to finally hear this because like I really enjoyed Terminal One, but the way you've described this, dude, I'm fucking. It's just better than it's just better than that. that that's just that's better. the best way. It's it's just leveling up at that. It's taking all the things, all the dubs from it, and now we have a real fucking drummer, um, doing it, and then we have a real mixer master or like the best dude. Literally is doing everything from Bring Me Motionless and White to Pop stuff. Like he is doing all of the albums, yeah. and it sounds insane. Um, and we also have Patrick still working with us, who's doing this AI-generated art music video. I fucking thing. can't wait to see it. It's it's wild, and that's the thing is like we know what we're doing is modern metal, and we know it's very saturated right now. So we're like, we need to add everything unique we can to stand out. And Chris was enough of a uniqueness. That's fucking yeah, for, for sure. sure. But also just this really good mix, and Zach's also doing some. You know, we're going for a very specific like structures EP. I don't know if you listened to the last structures EP at all, but like that kind of mix, very punchy and crazy in your face. And then the video too, just something different and crazy. So it's like that's like going to be July eighth, like the new era of this fucking crazy internet project where none of us have met each other in person except me and Andy once. <laughs> that's so funny. So going going into this release, I like this is something I always ask every artist that's on here, and I mean you are an artist, so we'll ask. Right. Going into this release, what what would you suggest are the best ways that people can support Termina and support your projects if they want to? Listen to it like straight the fuck out. I, I don't even care if we make money. Like at that yeah. point, I do, could not care. We haven't paid. We we when it started terminal, me and Andy put five hundred dollars each into it. Yeah, we've never put more money into it. It is ever since that we've been just that's it. Five hundred bucks each, and that was for our first music video um, that we we paid for. Every other couple months, you know, you go through DistroKid, you get your Spotify royalties. All right, we got another thousand two hundred bucks in our bank let's go pay for the next music video right yeah, and it's yeah, just like for sure recouping from that so like we don't care we haven't taken a penny from this project yet and we probably still won't after this second album like even when it's all said and done like we're just gonna put it back in the band like who cares right yeah um so we don't you know supporting it in that way does help us further determine stuff which is great if you people want to buy it or that but stream it get it out there like that's the best way share it if you fuck with it share it jam the fuck out of it and and enjoy like i don't even care if you find it on some fucking torrent website at this point just just listen to it and share it around are like, people still using those i don't think so but like <laughs> you know i'm just i'll put it out there like i don't care how you listen to it yeah. just listen to it share it around and if you fuck with it just try to help us get it out there that's really that's really it because we're not there's no label there's no management nothing we have pr now which is nikki she's a blessing i, I love yeah. nikki nikki's so um, nice i love nikki she's the best um yeah. that's it it's 
I'm going to put it on my YouTube channel. <laughs> just, you know, and see how it goes, man. And hopefully people react to it. You know, those always help. I'll hit up the homies. And I know it, hopefully it's not busy on July 8th because I know that Terminal probably won't be prio for a lot of them. But no copyright claims. So come on, motherfuckers. Come there get you your go, fucking sense. reactors all over it. Dude, what's going to happen legitimately? Hmm. What happens if some other band loves this album and is like, hey, come open for us on tour? We don't go. What? Okay, fucking bring me the horizon. Gets a hold of you. So okay, open for well, us do you have to be specific? <laughs> okay. then, like, well, I don't know, man. Like, I know you don't like. I know you don't want to. Hmm. That's why I was curious. I was like, let's say a fucking arena band, an arena metal band, says we want Termina to open this tour. Well, I mean, Andy's fucking busy with other. Andy, shit too. Oh, Andy lives to tour. That's the thing. I know. We're, we're polar opposites in that sense. Andy would go for. A, he would go to play a small venue right now at any place near us to play a tournament show. But I'm yeah. like, I'm the asshole. Just so you guys know why we're not <laughs> touring. Um, it's so tough logistically in that sense of like, yeah. I went to New York for two days and I came back in a panic because I was behind on everything. <laughs> yeah. Let me put it that way. That was yeah. two days. So going away for like a couple weeks, that's like, like a, a couple, a couple weeks as a tour to you. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. See, you see how this is like really tough Dude, right now. Like, like yeah. I mean, it, it tours tours vary and depend. But like, for example, the tour that I'm doing with Electric Callboy in October and November. Yeah. Dude, it's like, even for me, who somebody who's been touring for a long time, I looked at that schedule and I was like, "Fuck, it's <laughs> dude, it's Fuck. like 23 shows in like 25 days." Oh my god! Okay. And they're they're like, this is why I hate booking agents. I'm, I'm sorry for any booking agents that ever hear this, but like most booking agents don't tour. So a lot of the times they don't think about routing as much as a tour manager would. <laughs> yeah. Some of the fucking routes I'm like, Jesus Christ. There's a, there's a couple drives on here that are like 12 hours into another show day. Like if we fucking bus breaks down, we're not making that show. Right. <laughs> like, right, like right. you know, but, but in all seriousness though, like I, I, yeah, I'm excited about it, but it has been a long time since I've done a tour schedule like that. And yeah. there is a part of me that's like, this is this is going to be kind of grueling. Yeah, man. It's it's weird because I never – I went the content creator route, right? That's how I got into this. Yeah, I yeah. didn't do the normal thing, which yeah. is you be in a band, you fucking tour. Like, that's it. And that's still the mentality, obviously, today. And that's why I'm just like – I think of it too analytically. Like, because yeah. I'm also not – like, if I want to – I don't get like the same adrenaline rush as much like performing as I do writing. Writing okay. is my, that's my thing. Like okay. I love writing. I'll die for writing. Um, performing, I don't care like as much. So that's why it's like, I'm not getting as much of the benefit as like Andy would for that. Like Andy lives to perform and, yeah. and to write, but I know performing is like his thing. So that's where I'm like, you go on tour, you probably lose money. Okay. You got connections. That's good. You get to connect with the bands and you get a, you know, you get the time of doing that. I get anxious because I can't do what I need to do while I'm on tour. So that's a big thing. I'm yeah, just yeah. like, I am here and we're only playing on to one hour or 40 minutes set right now. And then the rest of the day is setting up to go to the next place. Yeah, uh, dude, that's the uh, thing that's been stressing me about, about the electric callboy thing, because right. even though touring was my main thing, like for the past yeah. two years, it's been YouTube. So yeah. perfect example, my wife and I, we just took a vacation last week for the, for the first time in forever. First one with our daughter. Right. We were, we were gone for like five days and I enjoyed it, yeah. but my, my, my brain was exactly like you said. It's like, fuck content schedule yeah. analytics. Like, so it's like, 
Like I just, just to, cause my, my videos are not quick to edit because of all right. the pop-ups and shit I do. So to make sure I had content for when I, when we were gone, I did those basic ass reactions where I just record it live on Twitch and then I literally yeah. do minimal stuff. And I actually had some people that are like, dude, what's with all the, the change in your content? Like I had a comment the other night where somebody's like, why'd you change your content? Like I started following you last month because I like the way you're doing things, but now you're just doing it like everybody else does it. What gives? And I'm just like, and I was honest. I was like, well, I was planning on taking a vacation yeah. and I would rather give you guys content than nothing. Yeah. So this is what I did while I was, while I was preparing to be gone. And then it's going to go back and they were cool. They were like, oh, that's a logical explanation. But to, for anybody that's listening, I'll tell you right now, probably the same thing that's going to happen when I'm on tour with Electric Callboy. Like, right. I'm probably going to bank like 15 basic ass reactions and release a couple a week while I'm gone. And then yeah. hopefully do live streams and do vlog content. But like, yeah. I know even though when I'm on tour, I'm going to be having a blast and working, I'm going to be thinking about the content shit. Yes. And that's the, to me too. Like I have it so set up on obviously YouTube is my schedule, but then on Twitch now too. And every Friday I have a guest, like even when I was in New York, I was like, I still have to do my Friday stream. And I had Ryan on and I was in this like really nice gaming cafe place that had a streaming setup. I've never, I had yeah. no fucking clue, <laughs> yeah. but it was, you know, like I had to look like I had to fucking figure out how to do this because I'm used to pressing go, <laughs> you know, and it's like I have to reset all this. So even that's just like it's so it's stressful in the sense of making sure you still want quality, right? You still want to do it and not just for the sake of doing it. And even streams like that where it's like, man, yeah, that's something where I'd have to be like, yo, I'm taking off like two weeks, probably fully or something because like or well, yeah, more than two weeks. So I don't know that I'm tough with touring because. Yeah, I think of the benefits versus the cons, even like the exposure benefits, like that's super cool. And it gives you industry cred. I think if let's say Termina did do that, especially with a big band, but in terms of actually getting the band out there in that same time, I know I could probably get more eyes actually watching the band by just doing Termina specific oh, videos for two weeks. For sure. I agree right. with that, to be honest, like, yeah. In nowadays age with technology and YouTube and shit like that, I, I fully agree with that. I think bands can get just as much as exposure putting a music video out than if you were to go open a tour for somebody. I, I really Yeah, do. and that's my weird, that's that's where I'm just like, okay, so then why do I do this? Okay. It's just like, that's where I'm like, all right, I guess I'm home. <laughs> and yeah, then I kind of leave sure. it to that. But I mean, I know I've told Annie too, there's going to be one day where like, when it makes sense enough, we'll go on tour. Because like, just, just to be like, let's do it. You know, and maybe it'll be our only tour we'll ever do as a little online project for 20 fucking years. So you better buy tickets. Yeah. Um, oh, I'd go. Yeah, yeah, man. I, and it's like, but like just to experience it. But that's it. I would know it's an, ex I, I almost would think of it as vacation. That's, that's the weird thing yeah. about me is like, if I think time off home, like even New York, it was a business trip. I'm like, this is vacation. Like I'm purposely have to take these two days for vacation right now. Yeah. Even though I'm working. Yeah. Um, so same thing for me. Tour would be like, okay, I'm on two weeks vacation. Yeah, that Which makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I get it. I just, totally. But well, I'm I'm stoked to check it out because I mean, dude, even the music video alone sounds so intriguing. And you know, any anybody that's listening now, I mean, this I just checked this this podcast will come out July seventh. So tomorrow, for anybody that's listening on first day, uh, new Terminus out, dude. And then we've already got new Nick Knock stuff out now. It's yeah. just nonstop, dude. But yeah. um. I really kind of want to just wrap up here because I was looking at the clock and I want to give you a break before you got to set up for your Twitch stream and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, Cause we've all got schedules and shit. So yeah. Plus, I mean, 
this will be one of the longer podcast episodes, but, uh, dude, I, I just got to thank you for coming back again, because it's always, it, not only is it fun to talk to you about just the musical stuff, but every time, yeah. even with content on YouTube, you talk to me about stuff like it makes me think, and I think there's probably other content creators out there that could probably hear this episode and probably learn a thing or two from you as well. So thank you for all that. Dude, thank you for having me. I mean, just talking yeah. with you is, just, is, I mean, I love it. It's just chill. We just shoot the yeah. shit and like, you know, that's that's what I love doing. So like, yeah, man, yeah. I mean, always slide in the DMs whenever we do some fun stuff. And I got I to have you on my show, man. What the fuck? I got I to gotta get you over that'd be there. Fun. We, yeah, that'd be fun yeah, one of these days. For sure. We'll you just let me know when. I don't I mean. I'll do like a whole slew of just like Euro, Euro reacts and I'll have you on. <laughs> yes. just like Just be like Look, all the should, European bands. We should just we should just do like obscure like, dude, some of my favorite streams we've ever done on, on mm. my reaction request weekends where we do like Euro trash, where oh, I have everybody okay. request like club bangers from the yes. from Europe. <laughs> dude, because some of them, oh That's my God, name. dude. Some of the shit that came out in the clubs in like Germany in the 90s right. is the most amazingly wild fucking weird shit ever. It's awesome. We did, yeah, okay. It's something like that we have to yeah, do because I think that would be a fucking party. Sure. So, dude, yeah, well, dude, for anybody watching on YouTube, uh, check the video description. I'll have all the links to Nick's stuff and, um, you know, Spotify and... I don't know. Do you really actually have a SoundCloud? That's how I started. Um, but oh, I never really? Used it. I haven't used it in like. Oh, like okay, cool. Ever. I was. I didn't know if the Nick Knox stuff was actually on SoundCloud. No, no, I have Nick Nocturnal <laughs> stuff from way yeah, back yeah, when yeah, on yeah. there. Awesome. Um, that's it. Well, all the links will be in the description. Um, and uh, yeah, man, this was this was a blast once again. I can't thank you enough, and I'll probably see you on your own stream in about forty minutes from now. <laughs> yes. So. Dude, yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, guys, subscribe to Tank. Hey, hey, if you made it to the end, you like this guy, okay? This, no, this one, yes. If you've made it this far, the button and the bell, both of those, <laughs> clicky, clicky. You have a good time. There yeah. you go. And then if you're listening on Spotify, just ignore everything that was just said because <laughs> you won't see it anyways. We need, to, we need to come up with like a, like when I did my podcast episode with Vicky. Right. It was almost four hours. I don't know how. Oh, fuck. We just sat and talked, and we came up with a, a code word. So what's our code word going to be for the comments for people that actually listened to this and made it this far? Oh, man. Um, First word that comes to your head. Just go. Schnauzer. Schnauzer. There it is. If you've yeah. made it this far in the podcast on YouTube, comment with Schnauzer, and we know you you're go. you're a real one. You're a real one. <laughs> you OG as fuck, fam. That's right. Dude. Well, Nick, thank you very much again, man. Have a wonderful rest of your day. I'll see you on Twitch in a little bit. And uh, yeah, this was great. Thanks. You too, man. Have a good one. Yeah, for sure. What a blast that one was, man. I'm not going to lie. There, you know, I edit so many videos now, whether it's the podcast or reaction videos or whatever, that sometimes it kind of feels like work and I'm just going through the motions and trying to get it done. And oftentimes I don't really get that into what I'm editing because I already filmed it. Like, you know, I was there. I know what happened. But with this one, I, the whole time I was editing, I was laughing my ass off, man. I mean, Nick just has that infectious humor and attitude and positivity. And I just love it, man. I love sitting down and getting to talk to him about whatever it is. And got a lot of cool stuff, especially, you know, his background and making music and stuff like that. But even some of the stuff he was talking about with, you know, doing content on YouTube and Twitch, like I've said this many times to people, I feel as though Nick is one of the more intelligent content creators that I've talked to. And I talk to a lot of people away from the screen and stuff. I mean, he just stays so far ahead of the curve with his content. And 
you know, a lot of people try to replicate what he's doing because currently he is setting the bar for a lot of other content creators that are dealing with music and the stuff that we do. And just a fantastic time, man. And I probably could have kept him here longer. I probably should have because I let him go to give him time to get ready for a stream, but I had the time difference wrong. I ended the podcast and then I went to go fire up his stream later and realized he was starting an hour later than he was. But this is probably a good length for the podcast. I mean, if I would have kept going, we probably would have sat here for three and a half hours, kind of like the episode with Vicky from The Agonist. But maybe we'll just have him back one of these days and keep talking more because, I mean, this is just a blast. These are always fun, especially when it's a fellow content creator, somebody that knows how we do these things and how we think about these things. But I'm super excited about Nick's music, man. And just as a reminder to anybody listening, that new Terminus single and music video is being released July 8th, tomorrow, if you're listening to this podcast on the first day. If you're listening to it later, go back and watch that single because it honestly blew me away. I was I had the bar set really high knowing that you know they had kind of leveled up their music and they had Chris Turner and Zach Cervini involved. But it it exceeded my expectations, and I'm I'm stoked to see the response from the community when it actually releases because I think it'll blow Nick away. I think that Nick is going to be just beyond ecstatic with the reception that this gets, and this is just one song. Like he said, we're going to have different flavors on this album. We're going to get a lot of different styles, so I can't wait to see what they crank out with this one. And uh, yeah, man, that's that's really about it. For anybody that's watching this on YouTube, I'll have links in the description of the video where you can go visit Nick's channels if you're not familiar with any of them. He often streams on Twitch as well, which I would highly suggest checking out. They're always super fun. He often has guests on there and they check out videos together. And then if you're listening on Spotify, Apple, Google, anywhere else that you can check out podcasts, uh, probably the best way to support Nick, you could go to corekid.ca. That's all of his merchandise items. And I will say, I think Nick has some of the better merchandise of any of the content creators I've seen. I've got one of his hoodies. It's comfortable as hell. And there are links to all of his social media on there too. So you can keep up with him and all of his goofy ass memes on Instagram and all that stuff too, man. But I had a blast on this one once again, man. I hope that you guys thoroughly enjoyed listening to this one. We've got a lot of stuff coming up in the future. More recently, or in the near future, rather, uh, the next episode is going to feature vocalist Maria from Future Palace, who just put out another killer album. That was a great conversation. I can't wait for you guys to hear that one. And I'm also going to be having Alex Hefner on the podcast. I assume most people listening to this know Alex, but if you don't, another YouTube reactor. I recently did a video with him on my YouTube channel where we were discussing statements that were made about reactors are paid by labels and they read scripts, which is a hundred percent absolute bullshit. You know, that just doesn't happen from all the people I've talked to, but we had a video about it and it was super fun and we felt like we could have talked for a lot longer. So I just invited him to the podcast. So be on the lookout for that one too. If you would like to support this content or my channel or myself or anything like that, feel free to go to tankthetechmerch.com. You can check out some of the designs we have on there. Not too much, but just know that, you know, anything you grab on there does support this content and keeps it going. I also have a Patreon that's patreon.com slash tank the tech where you can, you know, join a couple different levels. At the very least, you get to see all of my releases about two or three days early, including these podcasts. So if you want to hear them before the rest of the world gets to, 
that's a good way to do it. But all of that stuff aside, man, you don't have to do any of it. Just know that I appreciate all of you guys taking the time to just watch and listen to this content because it's a blast. I have fun doing it and I'm glad that you guys enjoy it. So thank you very much once again. One last time, my name's Tank. This has been episode 14 of the Back Lounge podcast. I did check just to make sure, but we're at the end. So wherever you are in the world, be safe, be kind to each other, and I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Back Lounge podcast.